0: Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. A lot to do on the program. Coming up in just a bit, former NFL head coach Dirk Cutter is going to join us. He was the head coach in Tampa when, when Todd Munkin was the coach there. We will find out a little bit more about what we should expect. From the Ravens' new offensive coordinator, again, Dirk Cutter, joins us here in a little bit. Also this morning... I'm going to catch up with Lamont Wade, former Terp, Baltimore native, having an outstanding season. Lead off Lamont now for the San Francisco Giants, where he's OPSing over 400. Not OPSing, sorry, yeah. on basing. On basing. be bad if he
1: wasn't. He'd be yes. Mateo, actually. It would
0: not be good. You're right about that. um We're going to talk to Lamont Wade a little bit about his season, also a lot more about uh, a guy that I know he cares about a great deal. That's new Maryland baseball coach Matt Swope. Get an idea of what the Terps are getting in their new head man who um, Lamont has told us before was essential to the success that he has found in Major League Baseball. And uh, we will take a trip to Bowie. Uh, Judd Fabian just got the call up after he had had a strong start to the season at Aberdeen. We will talk to him Again, about being bumped up to the AA level as well. So that's all on the way this morning here on GCR. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, An unpleasant day in St. Petersburg. Orioles had the opportunity to get that uh, little mini-sweep, get back within one, and the loss column, all of those things. And, yes, obviously that did not occur. Um, It's a a weird bit where we're used to the home runs with Tyler Wells, right? Like, you've kind of accepted them because they're solo home runs, and, you know, he doesn't put runners on base. If it's a runner on base, it's a home run. It's been a... It's a it's a problem, but in the large scheme of things, it's not really a problem because all the other numbers are largely pretty good. But for having the best whip in baseball, there's a reason why he didn't have the best DRA in baseball. It's because he gives up home runs. So to some extent, you can kind of live with it. The The way that it kind of fell apart after that... I, I mean, some of that's on him just not being able to defend the position, obviously. It's just kind of a mess. And then on top of things, the Orioles didn't do anything at the plate. All they got was a pair of solo home runs themselves. It was it was not a day in Tampa at all. That said, everything that we said yesterday still rings true. That They avoided the disastrous scenario. They still have a winning record against the Rays this season. At 3-2, and two, they are only three games back in the loss column. There's a lot of time, all of those things. At some point, it feels like the Orioles are going to have to make a move again if they're going to be in the AL East race. Like, they're going to have to have a stretch where they're not just playing you know, head-above-water baseball, but they're going to have to play significantly good baseball again. Hopefully, what we saw last night where Cedric Mullins down in Norfolk hit a two-run homer late in the game as they clinch the first half title. Hopefully, that's a sign of Cedric Mullins being ready soonish. What do you do with Aaron Hicks when Cedric Mullins is back? Whatever you want. That ain't going to be my... Again, I have greatly enjoyed the Aaron Hicks thing, but you figure that out. Cedric Mullins, they they need it. They need it. They need it. They need it. And a reminder, they again, yesterday they ended up doing a B bullpen day. And it's not like the B bullpen was the problem yesterday. The problem was, you know, a disastrous second inning and the fact that they couldn't get any offense going. But, you know, it was also a reminder that you don't really feel good about the B bullpen either. So those are things that they have to address moving forward. And, again, some of it will be addressed internally. The bad news, and I hate to be the one to say it, is that someone else is still going to get hurt. Like, that's just the way this goes. And they, they could use reinforcements wherever those reinforcements come from. It's almost cartoonish how long it feels like we've been waiting for Jordan Westberg or Colton Cowser yeah. to get caught up. I mean, it's almost comical that we're still having this conversation. But who knows? Who knows when it might be? The one little bit of, like, you know, fear, information that you can take from yesterday's game is they did put cole irvin in out of the bullpen so they are not going to pitch cole irvin tomorrow clearly and instead they would need him on tuesday or another fifth starter and the fact they decided to go to cole irvin does make you wonder if they're reconsidering whether or not they want to bring grayson rodriguez back to make that start i don't know given all of the the nature of the rainouts and everything. Has Grayson pitched yet this week?
1: Yeah, I think he pitched yesterday, and I think he didn't make it out of the fifth inning. That's not a great sign. It would make
0: you think he, they probably won't go to him then.
1: He was at like 80-some pitches
0: um, through four and four and two-thirds, I think. I'll not, pull up not ideal. No. no not no, ideal. Not, not, not really. Not exactly what you're looking for him to be doing if you're trying to get him back to the major league level. Uh, four and a third. Mm. One earned run, four hits, but three walks. Uh, after he had had two huge strikeout games, the two outings before he had just four strikeouts yesterday. It, there's nothing. There's nothing grotesque in there at all. But except for the fact, you know, you want you the can, guy to go five innings. Well, yes, obviously you want to go five innings, but you know, like it might have been one of those things where he would have easily gone five innings, so they not just pulled him because of pitches. I'm trying to find if you can get a pitch count on that and. Um, here we go. Pitches. Uh, like Ninety two pitches. Ooh,
1: okay. So I was even I was not, undershooting
0: it. Not great. Not great. Look, it does certainly does not demand Grayson Rodriguez getting back to the major league level. I don't know how you weigh that versus again the option of Cole Irvin. I don't know how you weigh that versus what you wanted Grayson Rodriguez to do during his stint in the minors. I don't know that one start, again, that wasn't bad. It just was not economic by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if it's a unique thing about the Nashville sounds that they take more pitches. I mean, I just don't – I have no idea how that all works. Um, I don't know how that impacts what the Orioles' decision is, but they clearly don't feel strongly about the need to have Cole Irvin in the rotation because they took him out of the rotation this time through. And it's not to preserve innings for Cole Irvin. that's not the priority here so i don't I don't know I don't have the answer again the option the the easy thing to say is they can just have Cole Irvin start on tuesday and and all's good, but they didn't need to do it this way, and they could have been preserving innings for you know Tyler Wells, someone who they actually need to preserve innings for. We think they might need to preserve innings for, and they didn't choose to do that so know what to make of any of it i would say i I would still probably prioritize having grayson rodriguez at the major league level versus cole irvin needing to be in the rotation i just don't see there's nothing about cole irvin that says to me that guy's got to be in the rotation whereas i think grayson rodriguez has got to be using his pitches in the majors and not in the minors in whatever capacity to get four and a third and yes I, even if you're going to get two, any innings that Grayson Rodriguez is throwing I think should be thrown in the major leagues. I don't think that there is anything to be gained from having him continue to to throw innings in the minors. I, is there some goofy world in which the Orioles wanted Norfolk to clinch this thing so that they would know that they would have the opportunity to play more baseball at the end of the year and these guys can get more experience and now that they've clinched this thing – now they can make some decisions about guys that can come up that seems very silly but is it impossible again as they measure all of the various things they want from this season i don't know it it could be a factor it could be one of those things where like this week they would have felt comfortable bringing one of those guys up but they said well hell if we got to get three more days down there we can clinch an appearance in the championship and then we can have some double A guys get some more experience at the end of the season and play something closer to a 162 game season. We find that to be valuable for us. I wouldn't be making decisions that way, but I don't know. It's not nothing. Yeah, uh, because it's not. I- I mean, Norfolk was, like, by up so much,
1: though, like, in the standings. I think all they needed to do was, like, not get swept, and the other team, whoever was behind them, right, not did, sweep.
0: So, just get to the point.
1: Well, so, like, I don't think that's—that doesn't seem like a smart—it doesn't seem smart if that was actually the case. I mean that then? doesn't seem smart?
0: I'm talking about a very specific scenario. Right. Well, where, why
1: would they need to clinch last night versus if they clinched on Sunday? Whenever they
0: clinch. Yeah. They just say, now that we've clinched, let's just go ahead. Like, I—, I I'm talking about a scenario where they didn't feel like these guys... If if two weeks ago they felt like these guys were ready and they said, no, we're going to wait it out, that's insanity. But if they didn't make that decision until Monday and said, look, we think these guys would be ready if they wanted to do it, and then they said, or we can just leave them down there, let them clinch that thing, know that we've got it, and then make the move, I can understand why they would say the difference two days is not such a significant difference that they wouldn't find some value in it. Now... Again, I don't care one way or the other, me personally, Glenn Clark. But within their organization, they might. And the difference in two days isn't that big of a deal. For what it's worth, we don't know that they feel that way today. There's so many layers to this thing that we don't know any of it. But yes, if they had decided three weeks ago, we think Jordan Westberg's ready, and then they said, yeah, but we really got to clinch the first half title, that's badass. That's bonkers. But we... We're just spitballing and throwing okay. things out there and sticking it against the wall. We have no idea, and I have no reason to think that that would be a thought process. Just that, maybe they were making a decision between two days, and this was the difference in the two days. Whatever, that's over now. We will see if finally... Fi- I mean, it's to the point where it's it's lasted so long that we've kind of stopped caring. Yeah. Like, it's, just- it's the remarkable part about it. It's it's so absurdly overdue that nobody's even worked up about it any longer.
1: They they did it. They out we, they, they it,
0: outlasted us. All of the things that we we like the Jorge Mateo, we should probably be making a move. Well, that's that was weeks ago. You should be probably making a move on Jorge Mateo, and it didn't happen. So at this point, we <laughs> they're we've gonna just ride him. <laughs> we've just kind of accepted it. Like Jorge Mateo is just here. We got to deal with it. It's what it is. Um, I I I still think that at some point they'll consider these things, but. They they appear to just love them some Jorge Mateo no matter what even though it's I don't want I don't want I, I, like tr- I don't like I don't mean like trashing anyone I don't feel good about that I don't feel eh, c- go for it no I, mean I don't want to do that it doesn't help me in any way it o- doesn't PSN. make me feel doesn't make me feel better about myself by any stretch of the imagination it just sort of is what it is Orioles split the two in Tampa they have another off day because good we can use some more of those. And then they uh, open up a series against the Mariners tomorrow night. So Kyle Gibson will move up and make that start instead of Cole Irvin in order to open the series. And we'll see what happens come next Tuesday. That will be the date where we figure things out. Presumably they'll make an announcement before then, but that's that's when we'll the Orioles will need another pitcher. It'll bullpen go, day. No, that cannot <laughs> be the answer. <laughs> That cannot be it. No, anything but that is an option. Anything but that would be on the table. It cannot be a bullpen day. It'll go Gibson, Kramer, and um, Bradish.
1: Bradish. No, Bradish started yesterday or Tuesday. Right. Yeah. So he so would be Sunday. No. And who's going to pitch Sunday?
0: Who are we forgetting about? You went. You went Gibson yes. tomorrow, Saturday. Kramer. Yeah. And then Oh yeah. Because oh, right. You're right. Because yeah, then yeah. it'll be Wells on Monday. And yeah. yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Wells will be on day state. Day Tuesday. No, not Bullpen Stop. Would you stop it? Um, I don't have anything to say. The NBA draft is tonight. I have literally nothing to say about it. I just, you know, we don't have a team, so who cares? I once I, I do remember like when I was a bigger when in a different era of college basketball, when we had watched these guys for yeah. three years, the draft was a big deal to me because these guys were stars. There's like two stars in this draft. And there's a bunch of guys that, like, we kind of are aware of, but we don't really know all that well. Um, And then there's, if there happens to be a local connection like there is with Cam Whitmore in this year's draft. So, you know, there's not a whole lot for me to say about it. Victor Wembenyama is the story, clearly, and then I, I guess the Hornets are trying to make it seem like there's some sort of drama about... Who they're gonna pick at number two, whereas it, it seems like it's gonna be Brandon Miller Could and then be Scoot Henderson. Yes, everybody's saying that that's a possibility. Scoot, scoot. None of this interests me. I will not watch a second of the NBA draft. And I, I like would it be different if the Phoenix Suns had an early draft pick? Maybe, but really, since I moved out of Phoenix, I don't think I've watched the draft at all. Like I just don't. Again, the, the nature of college basketball changing. And the fact that we don't have a a team here to root for, it's no interest to me in the draft. The Wizards continue to dismantle as they traded away uh, Chris Taps Porzingis after everything else. They've got about a billion second round picks. All of the second round picks, which later they will not use and instead sell for money like they've done throughout the history of their franchise. So just got to be a joy. Brian Powell messaged me last night and said, You know a 40 year Wizards fan. And I was like, And I thought to myself, Is it you? Like, are you? Because if you are, you've never brought it up. And then I realize he closeted could be a closeted Wizards fan. He yeah. could be talking about somebody else we know, like a, a you know, a Pete Medhurst or somebody oh, like okay. that. And me, Pete Medhurst is too of a, too much of a reasonable human being to be all that invested in any particular team. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm talking about like a hardcore. When we did this Would You Rather Wednesday scenario yesterday, I was looking for like a hardcore fan of some sort, and I don't know who that person would be. Someone
1: who lives and dies. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think you might just be
0: right that you know. I don't think said person exists. I People don't,
1: are smart enough not to get that worked up about.
0: I well, it's hard to find anybody who's even a casual fan of the team. I'm a casual fan. You're of the not team. really even a casual fan of the team. I mean, a casual fan of the team. Name five players on the roster currently. Tyus Jones. I don't know who Tyus He's Jones is. He's who they just is. traded for. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure.
1: From Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Delon Wright. I,
0: okay, well, I mean, you might just be making up names. Don't Ish. don't don't, 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 look, okay. at don't uh, look at the internet. Don't look at the internet. Daniel Gafford, if you say obviously. so. Yeah, Daniel Gafford, he's the center. If you say so. Uh, Corey Kispert. All right. <laughs> I don't know if these players are on the team or not. I'll just yeah, Corey Kispert. is a, choose the choose the guy
1: they drafted like two years ago.
0: I, I remember Corey Kispert. I didn't know that he was on the Wizards. He was drafted. He was drafted. If by you say so, man,
1: uh, was is Admiral Schofield still on the still a wizard? I don't he's think not so. Not listed on the uh, roster. Yeah, I don't think he is. You're struggling here. I am struggling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, struggling I to the this, finish I think that's what they want. DeLon Wright.
0: You already said him. Oh, I already said him. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Uh, Delon Wright twice. Yeah, right. He counts two two guys. Two Delon Wright. Uh, I guess I'm just gonna give up. You're
0: (laughs) not. That's the point. You're not even a cat. You're someone who says Denny Avdia. There you go. You found one. I actually knew that one. That guy I knew. I could have said him, and there was another one that you didn't say that I feel like I could have said. Oh, Kuzma's still on the team, right? Yeah, he's gonna be gone (laughs) though. I know he's gonna be gone, but he's still on the team at the moment, I believe. So I think that that would have been one. Um, My God, these people do not exist. They're not real, and well, the basketball team's not real either. So. I, I guess They're, that they deserve each other. That's that's all I can say about that. Win 15
1: games next year. What? They win 15 games next year. I, I guess. In a, and I guess best case scenario,
0: they win 15 games. Uh, sure. Sure. Why not? We'll we'll, so that they get a good pick. We'll just go with that. Get the top pick. Um, I did watch a little bit of the lacrosse last night as uh, the World Championships opened out in San Diego. Uh, kind of a lackluster. This is the problem. The international lacrosse style because they wanna play so many games in such a short amount of time, like running clock and no no possession clock it it is a bear man um the u s won it was very lackluster they won seven to five, not exactly a thriller yeah, no, no. in the opener uh no big time highlights anything like that it was it was not a great made for t v spectacle except for was that Steve Aoki that was DJing? I wasn't. I didn't have the sound on. I was listening to the sound off. Probably was. Sounds
1: like something it, Steve Aoki would. It looked like Steve. It
0: in. looked the guy that was. They had somebody DJing in the end zone, and it looked like it was Steve Aoki. And I was like, "Huh? Okay, that's a, that's something. Like, I guess I'm not really sure." Um, the U.S. won, and so if you if you or have a particular rooting interest, that's a good thing. It's always a very difficult thing with the World Championships because, like, it's it's a line. It was Steve Aoki, by the way. It's a line between wanting to root for the U.S. versus, hey, the U.S. is supposed to win. The World Championships are supposed to be more of a showcase for the sport. And that's the tricky part of the World Championships in lacrosse is what you're really rooting for is highlights. What you're really rooting for is excitement and things that get some traction on social media and get people to pay attention and care a little bit more about lacrosse. And There wasn't a lot of that last night in the opener, which was the showcase game. It's also not fun that they do it at 10 o'clock. Speaking of which, I just saw that the Gold Cup game in Chicago on Saturday is going to start at 10 o'clock in Chicago. They just don't care about Glenn Clark. But just what is that?
1: Oh, In Chicago, yeah, I guess that's... Why? (laughs)
0: That's 9 o'clock local time. Why? What are we doing? And whoever, I think it might have been Stephen Goff that was uh, tweeting about it, pointed out that like what's on FS1 leading up to it is pre-taped drag racing. <laughs> it's not even like it was for TV. We had to do it at this time. Drag they're choosing. Needs, they, need, they have their programming They're window. choosing to start the match at 10 o'clock. It's just dumb. I don't know. Nobody actually cares. I don't know. It's not even a real competition or anything like that. But, my God, we don't have a lot right now. We are. It's a dearth of major events, and we could use a few more of them. And watching the Team USA and whatever form or fashion play soccer is something that I've always chosen to do. So, (sighs) I know I'm kind of an old man shaking my fist at a cloud right now, but I I didn't care for the news that that was going to happen at 10 o'clock on Saturday night as well. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. We're offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sportsbooks. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sportsbooks. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. As I mentioned, the Orioles do fall back to five games behind the Rays in the AL East, three games in the loss column with the defeat last night. We haven't even started to look at. I have not. I'm not even at a place where I'm really looking at wild card standings yet. That's not a concern to me because the Orioles are fairly comfortable in that department. They they're sitting in the first wild card spot. They've been fluctuating with Texas for who has the second-best record in baseball. Right now, they're a half game behind Texas for the second-best record. Um, But right now, the Orioles are five games up on the third wild-card team, which is Houston, five and a half games up on the first team outside the wild-card picture. So I haven't felt the need to go too far into that just yet. All right, let's grab a break. When we come back in, we're scheduled to be joined by Dirk Cutter, but we also might move some things around this morning. We'll see. Glenn Clark Radio. The
2: All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: The
1: latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm Stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That
3: first sip...
4: If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I-, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on
0: GCR as we continue along here in a Thursday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, typically every Monday. This week they did it on Tuesday, but typically every Monday they are getting together at facebook.com slash Sports in order to talk a little baseball. If you missed it this week, you can find it by going to the same location and clicking on the videos tab or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video, the other places to find it. And tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein are getting together with Frank Remish. He is, of course, the man behind the CFG Bank Arena, the renovated CFG Bank Arena. General Manager Frank Remish will join the guys tonight, 6 o'clock. Again, you can watch it live, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Stan, Gary, Frank Remish talking about the role that sports may play in the future of the newly renovated CFG Bank Arena, make sure you are tuned in for that. Um, Dave messaged and said, "Do you think the Orioles are regretting not skipping Tyler Wells?" No, I mean I, I mean that's it's disappointing, but I don't. I think they wanted him to start against the Rays. He was been their best starter. It just didn't work out. I, you know, it, might they regret? No, I don't think that they're regretting that at all. I think it was an option they didn't take. So throughout the course of the offseason, we have been chatting with folks that know the Ravens' new offensive coordinator, trying to find out a little bit more about what we should expect in Baltimore, and we have chatted with Freddie Kitchens, and we've chatted with Jameis Winston, and a number of people. But an opportunity, I don't know if this man will even remember, but I was part of a show when I was out in Phoenix, he was the head coach at Arizona State, and we had a few conversations with him during that time. In fact, he was such a fan of the show that I was on that he would sometimes call in and ask if he'd play along with some of our silly games that we would play when I was hanging out with the uh, guys Big O and Dukes back on 101.5 out in Phoenix. He is a former NFL head coach and a man who spent some time with Todd Munkin down in Tampa. He's Dirk Cutter, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's been a very long time. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Yeah, my pleasure, Coach. I, I just, if you could, your relationship with Todd Munkin, What What should we know about him before we find out about the football side on the personal side?
5: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he he first first he's a he's a great family man. He and his wife Terry have have one son, Travis, who's a student at Oklahoma State. And uh, Todd has an incredible sense of humor uh that probably (laughs) probably won't get shown in public too often as a coach but uh great guy to have on your staff because he he can has the ability to keep it light and make people laugh i mean this guy this guy made me laugh every day and loved loved being on uh two different coaching staffs with him
0: why did you take me back why when you were elevated to head coach in tampa why did you know that you wanted todd monken to be your offensive coordinator
5: uh, Todd and I had coached together in Jacksonville back, uh, starting in 2007, on Jack Del Rio's staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when I got the head job in Tampa, uh, Todd was then the head coach at Southern Miss. And I I needed a I needed a a guy that uh, my my um, background is mo- mostly quarterback play. I needed a guy first and foremost, who was a strong wide receiver coach. And, uh, at the same time I needed someone that, uh, even though at the, at first I was still the play caller and then eventually Todd became the play caller. So I, I needed someone who I knew could eventually take over play calling, uh, but, but had a strong wide receiver and quarterback background. And, uh, you know, it was, it took some convincing to get Todd to, to leave being a college head coach to come back to the NFL. Uh, but just like when he just like when he went to Georgia, I think I think Todd has always wanted to get back to the NFL, and what a great opportunity he has there in Baltimore.
0: Dirk Cutter is with us here on GCR. We're talking about new Ravens offense coordinator Todd Munkin. Coach, one of the things that everybody has talked to me about is how you know, unlike some guys who have a system and they come with their system and you're going to run their system, that that Todd Munkin is not a system guy. He's a let's make whatever we do work for the personnel that we have. Was that? What you knew of Todd Munkin, and and how valuable did you find that to be? His sort of pliability as an offensive coordinator.
5: Yeah, I think I think you have to be. I think you have to be that way because, you know, the the NFL, you're you're turning over approximately a third of your team every year, and uh, it's just with with that much turnover in in both players and coaching staffs, it's tough to have a system be a perfect fit all the time so uh yeah Todd is coached in in all kinds of different systems and then you know t- eventually you kind of turn that into your own system but that's got to be extremely pliable and able to adapt to the talent that you have uh you know you saw at Georgia they did a great job they had really good tight ends they did a great job of using the tight end in their offense and uh you know I'm sure he's going to as he learns the personnel there in Baltimore, and they obviously they've just uh, they've changed their wide receiver room mm-hmm. uh, significantly here in this offseason. I'm sure he's going to adapt to what he sees, but but basically he's going to uh, build it around what Lamar Jackson does best.
0: And and look, obviously it's nice to have a Lamar Jackson in order to do that with. It's a little bit easier to work around an offense when you got that to begin with. Um, that being said, I, we certainly saw you guys have you know offensive success, right? And I know you're an offensive guy. Is there an example that you could give me, maybe somebody that you think most benefited from their time with Todd Munkin during the time that you were with him?
5: Oh, you know, we we uh you know, I, I would I would say that uh uh Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin would be would be two guys Pretty good that, ones. The two two yeah. wide receivers. Yeah, two yeah. really good ones. Uh, Mike was already an established player and Chris was a young player, just coming into the league, much like much like you guys have with with new guys coming into the league there in Baltimore. Uh, but I think I think what Todd does a really good job of is just relating to all the players, and I think the players will will like him. He's a he's a Todd's a pro. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get the best out of those guys, and they're they're gonna enjoy playing for him.
0: As far as bringing a quarterback to a next level, right? I think everybody's talked about this with Lamar Jackson that. We all know the talent. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. And there are people that try to limit him and suggest he's, he's more of a runner. Like, we've seen. He makes every throw there is to be made. He has improved steadily. But do you feel like that Todd Munkin is the coach that can maybe open things up even a little bit more and and get and harness all of that skill set that Lamar Jackson has?
5: Yeah, I, I do. I do think that. I do think that. And, uh, you know, part of that is uh, – Baltimore was just a terrific uh, running team yeah. the past few years, and I, I just think I just think being a little bit more balanced and uh, spreading the ball around to to all your uh, various playmakers, uh, I think I think Todd'll do a great job of that. And you know I think it'll be a a work in progress. It's not going to happen just overnight, but I think uh, you know they'll learn each other. They'll learn they'll learn the players and uh it's gonna be fun to watch i'm I'm definitely going to be a fan um uh,
0: the the fact that he had had Odell Beckham before and said i i want I want to sign up for more of that right like he was with him in Cleveland and where other people say hey Odell Beckham can be a distraction or he could, what, what do you think that says about the relationship he had that and, and can you talk about that as a coach that y- you don't you don't sign up for something like that unless you feel very strongly about a particular player right it's-
5: yeah i would i think that's uh i think that's a logical conclusion that can be drawn is uh you know I, we don't know all the ins and outs of what choices of teams guys had to go for for what amount of money but uh you know certainly players players don't want to go somewhere and be coached by somebody that they don't they don't like their style uh, don't like their personality or whatever so I, I'd say that that's a, a pretty good sign that uh uh that those two are going to have a successful uh Uh, reunited so to speak
0: i mean i I, look i think it's every reason to hope that that is a good uh, connection and we don't know exactly where odell beckham is obviously at this point in his career and given the injuries but i think it's every reason to be excited about what that relationship could bear um how much do you think it drives him like you mentioned wanting to get back to the nfl like this is an opportunity legitimately in baltimore to win a super bowl how much do you feel like that probably drives him at this point
5: well, oh, I think that that drives almost every yeah. coach in the NFL. So, uh, you know, obviously coming off the tremendous success they had at Georgia over the last couple of years and back-to-back national championships, uh, you know, he's won at the highest level in college football, and uh, I'm sure he's motivated to win at the highest level in pro football.
0: How How much do you look at what the Ravens have done as a whole? Like, the the fact they've been able to sustain, you. you know this from all the places you've been. It's not easy— to continue at this high level for such a long time, Coach, if you could, just your thoughts on how it is the Ravens have built something that has sustained for so long as one of the top, you know, most successful, most consistent franchises in all of football.
5: Well, I'm pretty good friends out here in the, in Boise, Idaho, with Chuck Pagano, and yeah. Chuck just raves about the uh, about the organization from from the owner on down obviously stability stability within an organization and i think coach harbaugh is this second longest tenured coach in the nfl second or third. He's in the top two or three uh obviously uh you know the job that ozzy did is uh, in his years many years as the gm and uh yeah i just think their their overall stability they've done a great job at how they how they pick players they've got a winning tradition and i know the times i played there they got great fans so Uh, but I think that the key there is just the stability throughout the organization starting at the very top.
0: Is it just like everybody, all all coaches go out to Idaho at this point? Is that the way it it works? We love Chuck, by the way. He's one of our favorite people on the face of the planet. Is it just a nice place to go get – like when you deal with the stress of being a coach for a long time, it's good to get out to somewhere like Boise and just kind of chill for a little while (laughs) after that?
5: (laughs) No, if you're – I'm looking out my window at this lake – uh payette lake up in mccall idaho right now and if you could see the view i'm looking at and it's yeah. about 45 degrees going to be a high of 65 today man uh kicking off the summer and uh we got a big golf tournament chuck will be at this uh, this weekend here up here and uh it's good it's a good spot
0: all right that doesn't sound so bad when you describe it like that it sounds like it's probably not a bad way to spend some time uh coach what about you what's what you know is it is, is have you reached that point i know you were working out in boise and that was what brought you out there have you just sort of decided that's where you want to be or is maybe there's still an itch there that you could scratch at some point?
5: Well, 40, 41 years in coaching is that's a, that's a lot of years. So, uh, I have two of my kids that are in coaching. My oldest daughter is the head volleyball coach at university of Wyoming. Oh wow. And my youngest son just finished playing college football at Boise state last year. And is now a GA at uh university of Texas. So, uh, my wife's a former college volleyball player. So between volleyball and football, we got, we got plenty of teams to plenty of teams to root for
0: you can be yeah right and, and i assume that that's a pretty you're not a bad person for him to reach out to with questions and you can sort of offer some a bit of uh, consulting perhaps and i'm sure it's a little bit cheaper than uh, what he would have to pay to get some consulting elsewhere that might that might be a pretty <laughs> good gig uh, for the rest of the the, the time that you want to spend doing that that's not so bad Coach, uh, I got to tell you, it it was a long time ago, but uh, I was out there in Phoenix with you, and you were always great to us. And so it's great to catch up, and I really appreciate all the kindness that you showed when I was a young man kind of cutting my teeth in this business. So um, great to hear from you. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Thanks so much for telling us more about Todd Munkin this morning. All right, best of luck, and go
5: Ravens. Let's get it done.
0: I love that. Thank you, Coach. Coach Dirk Cutter uh, with us here on GCR. Of course, former head coach. In Tampa Bay, where Todd Munkin was his offensive coordinator, giving us a little bit of insight about the Ravens' offensive coordinator. Um, a couple of things, really quickly. Dave, Dave says, "Do you feel like after seeing what Cedric Mullins did, there's no reason for him to do anything more, and can be back this weekend?" What do you do for the like? T- did he have it? Was he hit the home run? I know. I think
1: that was his only hit. I, I think he went like one for three, he I, might have I, had like a walk or something.
0: I, I think that's a feel thing as much as it is anything else. Like, I don't think Cedric Mullins needs to be down there for long. Am I certain that he's back this weekend? I don't know. Did I don't know if that was discussed after the game by Brandon Hyde? He went one the, for five, he did not one get for a walk. Five. Yeah. But I, the results aren't all that significant. Like, that's what I would say is I, I don't think the home run really matters all that much. He had another hard hit ball in there. I know okay. um, that got robbed, but I I just don't think that they were saying to themselves, "We need to see Cedric Mullins go three for five in order to feel comfortable." I think the Cedric Mullins sure can run right. Can yeah. he? Can he run? Can he? Does he have all the range of motion in order to be able to fly around in center field and cover all of the ground they want him to to cover? Does he feel good? I I think a lot of times you want to have guys do back to backs, right? Like and that that way. You can feel good for a day. There is something different between feeling good for a day. Do they do they, do they play again today? Or? They have a doubleheader today. They have yeah. a doubleheader today because this yeah, was the rainout two, two days, days ago. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe if they they do back to backs, then perhaps they give him Friday off and bring him back on Saturday, something like that. You could if 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 everything else is the boxes are checked, but it also to me wouldn't be stunning if they wanted him to maybe finish the weekend. The weekend's a long way to go. I, I would think you try to have him do back-to-back if he's comfortable. I mean, I, I, I'm spitballing here. I, I just don't... I guess all I'm really trying to say is I don't think the actual results of his at-bats or... I mean, if he went like 0 for 20 this weekend. I still think that he, he's matter. a Major League Baseball player. Right. Like, that's this is not somebody who gets sent down. He's a Major League Baseball player. Baseball players go through stretches where they just don't get results. It happens. But... The point of having Cedric Mullins do a rehab assignment is feel good. And if you feel good, then you're at the major league level because you're Cedric Mullins. That's the way that this works. Um, So, no. I don't think that suddenly him hitting a home run makes them say, well, change all of the plans. (laughs) Everything. Scrap it. Scrap all of it. One home run. Immediately remove him. Whatever the plans were they're going to continue to check the boxes. I don't know that like we get sick of hearing that whenever somebody well we got a process and there's things they want to do. Well that's just that is the way that it works. And we're smart enough to know what it is. Back to back. The you know, how did he come out of it after playing back? Like does he play back to back days and still feel good? Does he feel the entire range of motion? Some of it is literally just how Cedric Mullins feels. I think everybody just sort of assumes that all these guys say, "Well, I need to be at the major league level as soon as possible." They also want to be able to trust themselves physically. They want to know physically that they are truly capable of doing all of the things that they want to do in order to be the player that they think they're capable of being. Um, So I think a lot of this will just be answered by Cedric Mullins and how he feels as he goes through this versus, again, whatever silly, whatever silly things we think that matter because he did a home run, one home run and everything changes. Um I what did Mountcastle do?
1: Um I did not see. I'll find out though.
0: And I know both both Givens and Tate got into the game too, correct? Yes. Um I'll pull
1: up I'll pull up box. Oh. Pull up the box. Right. Uh, must not have been too notable.
0: Yeah, I mean I didn't only, really see anything floating around about any of the other guys, so I'm guessing nothing particularly significant right. occurred, but I mean, I don't know how many particularly significant things can occur for relief pitchers that make cameo appearances. So, I don't know that we would seen a whole, would have seen a whole lot about it. You're, oh, we yeah, still don't have. Yeah,
1: it. still, still Mount right. right. Mountcastle went over for five. He had three strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. Gee. <laughs> okay. And then Dylan Tate had an inning, and he allowed two hits, allowed one run, and had a strikeout. Say so T- Tate had Tate had an inning, an yes. inning, two
0: hits, one run, one run allowed.
1: And then Michael Givens, uh, one inning, scoreless, no hits, no walks, a Well, Tate, you
0: know, I, I think that one, I think Tate and Givens, it'll still be a little while. And I, by a little while, I mean, I'm talking about, like, it could be the better part of a week. um, Because they still, with both of them, they're more prolonged injuries, and there's still more of a question of how ramped up they are. Like, obviously, Givens went through it the first time and and wasn't. So I think there's still a little bit more concern with those guys and getting them ramped up for being ready to be leverage relievers at the major league level. So I don't think there's anything much there. Boy the Mount God the Mount. Yeah,
1: the Mount Castle. <laughs> uh Prieto stole a base in
0: his uh Triple A debut, also picked up a hit. Not good for Cesar Prieto. I the Mount Castle thing is complicated because you almost could see a scenario where like they just leave him on rehab for a couple of days because they're still trying to figure all of this out. Right. Like, they still... It's almost a delay tactic at some point. Like, yeah, you sure you're feeling better? Where it's awkward because, as I said before, Mountcastle's not even coming off an injury. Like, you would think he'd just be ready to go, but I, I just don't... Ready to go to what? That's the tough part. And it's easy to say, well, you can just boot Josh Lester and... There's your roster spot, but it's the problem isn't figuring out how to get Mountcastle back on the roster. The problem is figuring out what Ryan Mountcastle is. I, I and we might we might have our answer. That's like I mean I'm not gonna overreact to him. Yeah, and, I'm yeah. not gonna overreact to that. Like that that doesn't prove. That Ryan Mountcastle can never again be an everyday baseball player <laughs> because he had one day where he went over five with three strikeouts. Well, that's the thing
1: soccer. is that it wasn't just one day.
0: I, I understand <laughs> but like it doesn't give you definitive proof. If what you're saying is you think you have proof from what we had seen before, I I do hear you. Like I do get that. I just I think that's more difficult for them than it is for us. I think that's a far more awkward decision that they have to make. And, you know, they still have to come up they have to clear a roster spot for mullins too like they're gonna bring back mountcastle it's easy to say okay so you let josh lester go they got to clear a roster spot for mullins and and so that's gonna be like i mean mckenna, McKenna? i guess right like they, i think it kind of has them. to they be don't they don't i think it kind of has to be mckenna I, it, they have they have weirdly felt like they needed mckenna but i don't i just don't think you can justify it any longer I guess your other option would be Joey Ortiz, but yeah, at that point, you're, I guess, recommitting yourself to Jorge Mateo, and Ortiz would maybe be the option if you make a decision on Jordan Westberg at some point in the coming weeks. Like, that would be the guy that you would say, hey, we can, we can play with that roster spot until we've fully committed to whatever it is that we're doing. I think that the answer is that they're both likely, you know, like, both McKenna and Ortiz probably are back down. McKenna at first for Mullins, and then at some point they make a decision on Westberg. If they make a decision on Westberg, who in the world knows? Who knows? Um, and then Dan tells me that Rock pointed out that perhaps they could start Irvin on Sunday because he only pitched.
1: An in inning last night or yesterday.
0: I mean, they they could, and, and to the point, I guess. Why? Why would you feel the need to skip a Braddish start? Yeah. Like, is it? Do you do you find the Mariners to be all that much? The Mariners or the Reds?
1: Scared of the Mariners, I guess.
0: So you'd start Irvin instead of starting him against the Reds, and the Reds are hot. So you don't want to. I don't know. I don't feel like all that differently about these two teams. The Mariners, you could still end up, you know, competing with at some point this season. So you would argue those games are more important. So I would definitely have Braddish. I would start Braddish before I start Irvin on Sunday. Braddish is coming off a pretty good start, too. Um at the first time I would consider Irvin would be Monday, and that would only be the point of just pushing wells a day. Pushing wells a day. And if you didn't care about that this time, then why do you care about that the next time? Like I why why is this suddenly the point at which you think one day makes the difference? Like I I think you're pitching Irvin because you have to, not because you want to, and I think you wait as long as you possibly can and think a little bit longer about whether or not you'd rather have Grayson Rodriguez make Mm -hmm. the start. I, I just there's nothing about Cole Irvin that's saying to me I need that guy to be in the rotation. So I, you know, I understand why you're bringing it up, but I just don't. I don't see it. And then from Tony, Tony says do you think at this point the Orioles are getting to a place where they could find some value in trading Aaron Hicks? If he's not going to be an everyday player when Cedric Mullins comes back, I wonder if they have raised his value enough that they could get a market for him to try to add one more prospect back into the system as they're trading away prospects to acquire other players. Um, I don't know. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, I
1: think it's a stretch. But him, let me, package let me, package him and O'Hearn, <laughs>
0: right? Let's see what you can get for the yeah. duo. I, let me pose it this way. I am not opposed to the Orioles doing the back and forth thing. I talked about that last summer, where like I would have been okay with them both making the trades that they made and trying to acquire somebody that could be helpful to them.
1: Both last season and beyond,
0: I, I'm going to say the same thing now. When it comes to if if you can if you are confident that Heston Kerstad is your right fielder on Opening Day next season, and you want to start shopping Anthony Santander and figure out if somebody's willing to buy high, and you're looking to get a bat too, so you can be replenishing, like, hey, we think we can find a more natural first base bat, a, a middle-of-the-order bat in the trade market. we got to give something up for that. And that team is not going to want Anthony Santander, but another team might. And you can find a National League team that's interested in Santander that you could trade him to. I, I'm i not opposed to doing both things to try to perfect the roster a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm rooting for them to trade Anthony Santander. I think Santander is a valuable piece, and you would only be able to do it if you acquired another legitimate bat at the deadline and I'm not sure that they're going to do that Mm. but I'm okay like you you can't trade Anthony Santander to find your more legitimate middle of the order bat like that that doesn't work the team that's bad that's trying to give up their major league bat is not interested in getting Santander back but there could be another team that is interested in Santander. And could help you as you've given up on prospects, replenish your system with guys that you like. I'm not... That theory is is logical to me. And I get what you're saying about Aaron Hicks. Once Mullins is back, what is his role? Well, they might think his role is playing some right field when Santander plays first base. Again, right now, you want O'Hearn in the lineup. I understand that, so... It does very much come off like Aaron Hicks is just going to be a fourth outfielder. And, that look, there will be at-bats there. And if your thought process is, you know, th- there might be a National League team that says, boy, if this is what Aaron Hicks is now, we'll give you a, a flyer on somebody, and it's just found money. Like, that's all it is, is we got a free prospect out of this thing. I understand why it sounds appealing to you. I just, I don't know that what is it now three weeks yeah i mean
1: he i think it's 18 games i think
0: yeah i don't know that maybe not even i don't i don't know that three weeks worth of baseball is enough that's going to make a team say you know a guy that we could have had for free now suddenly will give you a prospect for and you know if they're what they're offering you is their 26 year if 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 they're offering you their version of spencer watkins you're not interested in that you'd be interested in a you know an international an eight, an 18 year old that is not registering on you know prospect lists that was an international signee that you think there might be a little bit more there something that scratches the surface a little bit more i, I it's a long-winded way of me saying like i'm not telling you no i just don't think it's practical like i i understand your theory i, I don't know i do think that you're going to improve your team by having aaron as i said before unfortunately there's probably going to be more injuries that occur. That's the nature of a baseball season. I think you've got a better team with Aaron Hicks right now as your fourth outfielder than you would with with McKenna yeah. defaulting back to that role. I guess the, the bigger question is how does Colton Kowser factor into this conversation? Because if Colton is also a priority for the Orioles right now, then you, know, you start doing that math and you do say to yourself, is there enough here to go around? And then again, if somebody's offering something, something of value – then you could sit back and say, we just you know, pulled off a, a steal here yeah. by getting anything at all. Like
1: flipping Kara Vedvic.
0: Yeah, correct. <laughs> it, it, again, you didn't really get anything for Kara Vedvic, but <laughs> it was something for something that had no value to you whatsoever. Hour number one of today's show, Winding Down. Still to come today, uh, speaking of baseball, Lamont Wade is going to join us, the former Terp who's having an outstanding season with the Giants. And in just a few minutes, we're going to head to Aberdeen to chat. No, not to Aberdeen. He was at Aberdeen. He's no longer at Aberdeen. He's at Bowie now. We're heading to Bowie to chat with Judd Fabian, uh, who got off to a great start with Aberdeen and now has been caught up to the double-A Great level. start with
1: Bowie, too. He hit a home run last night. Look
0: at that. Yeah. Look at that. You like all of those things. That's all on the way as we continue along on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one.
4: The Orioles are off and running, out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for PressBox. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bataround has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bataround.
3: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals
6: on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That
3: first sip, that first bite.
4: If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you?
0: Just want to take a second here. It, it was exactly one year ago today that we lost Tony Siragusa. And of course, it was exactly one year ago today that was one of the you know, Saturdays in Raven's history, of course, um, as I think we all remember, you know, feeling a pit in our stomach about the fact that, you know, Jalen Ferguson had passed away, and then it led to Tony Saragusa uh, passing away. And this print issue of Press Box is available right now. And one year later, Dave Ginsburg sort of sat down and, and dove into the legacy of Tony Saragusa. And this was a really important one for us as we all, you know, Stan, Charles, John Colson, and I, you know, we all felt a personal connection with Tony Saragusa. And I felt like we had... I don't know, kind of an, a responsibility almost to explain to those that are Griffin's age, younger, why it is that this person, that again, not a Hall of Famer, not a perennial Pro Bowl or anything like that, was so important to this city and to this franchise. And um, it's an amazing story. And Dave Ginsburg, you know, wrote about that, but also about his legacy and how his family is keeping his legacy alive via the Goose Flights program. So I would really encourage you to get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or PressBoxOnline.com in order to read this print issue uh, celebrating the life of Tony Saragusa who passed away one year ago today. Um, And so we uh, reflect on that with this print issue of PressBox, Remembering Goose, available right now. Before we get to Judd Fabian, I I saw this. uh, Remember... (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny to like, remember the era. It was only a couple of months ago where every day was fueled by Lamar Jackson trade talk and Lamar Jackson it was just overwhelming. It was there's a yeah, There's a meter, there's behind a meter I mean. still sitting behind me that we have fun with. Um, At one point, there was great discussion that the 49ers were the trade partner that you were looking for because you could get Trey Lance back. You could get a quarterback that might be your guy. And then go from there. I don't know if you saw this week, but apparently, like we've been thinking there might be some level of quarterback controversy in San Francisco. There's apparently no quarterback controversy. If Brock Purdy's not ready to go, Adam Schefter says Sam Darnold is the number two quarterback in San Francisco. The 49ers are so down on Trey Lance that he's not even their second quarterback. Um. Apparently, there was no trade market whatsoever for Trey Lance. Nobody was interested in trying to acquire him. Um, and they are not enamored with him whatsoever. Um, and and
1: I, I, mean, it. You know, I. It's to just it, pack it in already.
0: I don't know how much of it's packing it in. I mean, it, yeah, I guess <laughs> it is. It has to be packing it in. Like, part of it is you think you've got your quarterback, right? Like, Mm -hmm. after what you saw from Brock Purdy a year ago, you feel like you have your quarterback. And that's part of the reason why they shipped off Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess it's weird.
1: And it's easier to, you know, bench Darnold no matter what he's doing. Well, I mean, you're... The,
0: the, the once, you're not benching Darnold well, like you know well, Oh, once, you're saying even if he even if you were to play back, well for a game or two yeah. like yeah I guess it would be easier to do that like if it was Lance it creates a controversy but I would still think that when you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and the 49ers have I think every reason to have Super Bowl aspirations that you would do everything in your power to put the best option out there to win football games if Brock Purdy's not ready because in order to win the Super Bowl you want to stockpile as many wins as you possibly can um I It it, it is wild on two fronts. It's wild that they are this committed to the last pick in the NFL draft. Now, again, Kurt Warner, there are examples of guys that were just missed. And everything that we saw from Brock Purdy, you kind of get it. He definitely looked the part. He didn't look like – and you can say he was put into a good situation, he was put into a good system, and they had lots of talent around them, and all of those things do matter, like unquestionably – I don't think that Brock Purdy would have looked the same way in Atlanta last season as he did in San Francisco. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But he looked the part. He he didn't look like a guy. He didn't look like Trent Dilfer along for the ride. He looked like a guy that was capable of making plays. But that's an extraordinary amount of commitment to put towards that guy if this really is just there's nothing there with Trey Lance. And, and we talked about it. When I was laughing at the idea of trading for Trey Lance, like, you guys are worried about Lamar Jackson's availability. Trey Lance has played, like, five games in the last four years. I I do wonder at what point that kind of becomes a factor, that at some point just the lack of football has led to him not being able to tap into athletically what we saw to be remarkable potential. But for those of you that were enamored with the idea of Trey Lance – perhaps be quite happy that the Ravens never felt the same way because the 49ers don't think highly of Trey Lance at all all right a guy that we're thinking highly of it's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox and this guy just got called up to the Bay Sox after a great start to the season in Aberdeen and he's looking pretty good to start things off in Bowie as well he is Orioles prospect Judd Fabian and he's with us now here on GCR judd it's glenn in baltimore it's great to chat with you as always man thank you so much for taking some
7: time for us yes sir thank you guys for having me
0: i guess the first part is like dude how fired up are you about florida right now
7: <laughs> um it's it's pretty awesome to see um i didn't get to watch the game yesterday um because obviously we were yeah. playing yeah that silly thing where you had to play. do
2: your job ridiculous yeah how those things get yeah
7: yeah. Um, but uh, after the game, check is all they won and are headed to the nat- Natty champs. So um, it was definitely cool to see. Awesome to awesome to see.
0: It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing run for them. And it's been a hell of a World Series. Um, so we'll see how that plays out with LSU and Wake Forest playing another game tonight to determine who they play against. Um, Judd, I- how good does it feel? You know, I-, I know that this is the process. This is the way it works. but. I imagine it's still nice when people recognize what it is that you're doing. When you get the phone call and you find out, hey, it's time to make that jump, what's that feeling like?
7: Um, It's hard to describe, honestly. Um, You know, you work your whole life um, to make it to the bigs, and then, um, you know, obviously, in the minors, you work to get to that next level um, as quick as you can. And, um, you know, Sunday I got my manager told me that I was um, coming to Bowie, um, and it was just uh, a great feeling. Uh, downside.
0: You, one of the things that we've just, we've noticed the most since you arrived in the system is your your eye at the plate, and that continued this year. As at Aberdeen, you were getting on base at a 3.92 clip. Can you tell me a little bit about where that came from, and you know how important it is to you to continue to be that guy on this path of the bigs.
7: Yeah, so it just all comes with uh, work um, and practice every day. Um, you know, taking BP. Um, your BP zero is not going to throw you strikes all the time. So um, just making sure you hit strikes um, when he throws it to you. Um, kind of working on that med ball um, type deal that the Orioles that we hear the Orioles do. Um, can, can put you, a can med you, ball on. Yeah,
0: can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think we've heard that a lot, but you know, those of us that are dummies or never play baseball at a high level, can you explain a little bit more about what that looks like?
7: Yeah, so, like, doing our work, um, batting practice, uh, BP, stuff like that. Um, just putting a med ball on top of a bucket behind home plate, um, kind of, you know, showing the middle, um, of the zone, kind of not the corners, uh, not pitcher's pitches. So, um, we basically work really hard on swinging at balls that will hit the med ball yeah. um, and taking balls that won't. Um, and that's really helped me with my plate discipline, um, not only this year, but um, last year when I was um, in Delmarva and Aberdeen. Um, it's really helped a lot um, focusing on swinging at balls in the med ball.
0: Wow. I mean, it, it's look, it's paying off, that's for sure. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Uh, the pages at the plate. Do you ever find, like, is it ever difficult for you? We know you were a huge power guy in college. And by the way, that was an impressive home run uh, to start things off in Bowie. But do you ever find yourself, like, licking your lips? Like, I want to swing at this pitch, but I know better. I know I'm not supposed to.
7: Um, sometimes, yeah. Especially with, especially with two strikes. Um, it's kind of going to fight mode. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you kind of, you're his own can expand a little bit if you let it, um, so I try not to let it expand with two strikes and uh, just swing at pitches that are, that are I'm able to drive.
0: So that part of your game, how, how confident do you feel? We know it's now 10 home runs between the two levels this season. The power part of things, how comfortable are you that you are continuing on the trajectory that everybody talks about as you go through the minors, that that, that power is coming and you're going to show everybody that you are going to be a power hitter as a major leaguer?
7: Um, I think it just goes back to work every day. Um, you know, I get to see my swing. I try to stay under control in BP. Um, and, you know, power is going to come in the game. Um, when guys are throwing a little harder, um, you know, guys are spinning hangers in there. So um, I don't look at the power much. Um, I know it's going to come. Um, so just work on uh, putting bat on ball.
0: Yes, is Jed Fabian. He is with us here on GCR. Jed, we saw the buoy shared out the video of the 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 throw. Your hose getting the dude at the plate in Altoona. Um, what what as an outfielder? Like I know you probably get excited about hitting home runs, but is there something like more electric than that as an outfielder? Like when it, when you're able to do something like that, you kind of steal a run back the other way. Like you're supposed to get big hits and hit home runs. Is there a better feeling? than when you nail someone at the plate? Um, there's,
7: not, there's not many better feelings um, in baseball. Um, you know, throwing a guy out or robbing a home run, yeah. uh, making a diving catch, those are all uh, very fun, and they don't happen too often. Uh, you don't get too many opportunities to do it, so um, when it happens, it's uh, special for sure.
0: Now, so what is it about, because I, I we see hitters celebrate but we never see much emotion from an outfielder when you, when you throw somebody out at the plate. And to me, it's one of the most electric plays in all of baseball. Why do we not get the same sort of joy and emotion? Why is it always so nonchalant and like, yeah, I was supposed to do that when you throw somebody out of the plate?
7: Well, that's a good question, honestly. I've never really thought of it. But, um, dude, you know it's true. You know. Like, you
0: know, it, it's, it's like <laughs> entrenched in the history of baseball that outfielders aren't supposed to celebrate when they throw somebody out of the plate. Like I we always we just see like a tip of the cap or, you know, like, hey man, I got you. That's all we ever see when dude the rest of us are losing our minds whenever we see a play like that.
7: <laughs> yeah, I think it just um it's just excitement in your mind. I don't it's never really physical. Um I don't know why that is or how that came about, but uh yeah. I, just that every time I throw someone out, it's just never like, "All right, let's uh, let's celebrate." Right? Um, I, that's a good question. I mean, yeah. you I
0: get it. You don't have like a bat to flip. Like I understand that you know, there's not as many props, and you're probably not gonna like toss your glove up in the air or something like that. But I, I just feel <laughs> like it's more warranted than what we've seen in recent recent history of some sort of electric celebrate. I feel like we almost have to introduce like football celebrations to this. Like at some point you got to come up with like a throw a runner out at the plate dance that you can do.
7: Yeah, we should, we should come up with that at I, some point.
0: You and I are starting this campaign. We're going to start the movement <laughs> for outfielders to show more emotion when they throw somebody out at the plate, because it is something that I have thought about over and over and over again. It is. I love it. It's my favorite play in baseball. And all we get back is like, a, yeah, I got you. Like, what
8: the hell? man. <laughs>
0: Uh, the Bay Sox are back home next week starting on Wednesday night with they take on Somerset. Events next week include Wolf Wednesday, Educator Appreciation Week, high school graduation celebrations, as well as Pride Night next Friday, and uh, kids running the bases, fireworks, all sorts of great stuff going on. Of course, 4th uh, of July celebrations because it will be the weekend ahead of the 4th of July. All that happening. Go to Baysox.com right now in order to find out more um jud the vibe within this organization like you uh, you know some guys that we talked to arrived when things were bleak like you knew when you got here how things were already turning but being in this organization now for the better part of a full year how can you describe what it's like to be a part of this thing right now as everything is starting to come to fruition and and i imagine you guys are thinking like hey I, there's a real shot for me to win a world series here in a couple of years
7: yeah it's very exciting um getting drafted uh coming in um it just seeing the talent that the Orioles have in the system and even at the big league level right now it's 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 really good to see um there's a lot of good baseball being played, and there's also good human beings um I haven't met a you know guy who's not friendly in this organization if that makes sense hmm. um everyone's really easy to talk to, and they're also great baseball players so mix those two things together it's uh it's gonna be hard to be on the baseball field
0: it it feels like that kind of speaks to like a culture thing right that there's it's not just winning but there's like a culture of you know i don't know pleasantness something like that that exists within this organization
7: yeah no it's uh, like i said everyone i've met from um if there's guys in triple a who i met at spring training or guys who i've been with uh here in Bowie and aberdeen this year and even guys in Delmarva from spring training, you know, it just speaks volumes um, to the guys that the front office of the Orioles signs. Um, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, you go into every clubhouse, you know, you're going to have fun. Uh, you know, you're going to laugh, you know, you're going to get nice guys. So um, it's just awesome. Awesome to see. Who are the guys that you've connected with the most? Um, I think uh, most of the draft guys that okay. uh, got drafted last year, sure. I've been with them the most. Uh, so that's why I, I would say I'm closer to them, um, probably Dylan Beavers, Max Wagner, Trace Bright, Silas Ardon, Doug Hodo, um, Jackson, obviously, all all the guys like that. Um, how, how, by the, it's just can,
0: can you describe how nuts it is? like I, I I know you're not like eight years older than he is, but you are a few years older than he is. H- how insane is it how easy everything seems to come for that kid?
7: Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, I actually got to watch him when he was in high school. Um, He played travel ball with my brother. Um, So I got to watch him in high school and going down to some tournaments to watch him. I was like, wow, this kid's really good. Um, And, um, you know, now seeing him in pro ball, just do it with such ease. um, It's, it's crazy. And, um, you know, he's also just a great human being who in the dugout. Um good guy to have in the dugout and clubhouse. Um so it's uh, tough to mix, but uh he's, uh he's very good at both.
0: Uh here's the important question, who's the be- we we've, we've asked uh, this question to a few guys in the system. Who's the best S talker? Who's who's the guy that's the best at getting people riled up from the dugout and all that? Who's who's the best S talker?
7: Ooh. Um, that is a pretty good question. I haven't been around many guys um, on the buoy team yet to know that. Okay. What, um, who, who was it in Aberdeen? That. That's a good question. Everyone basically just <laughs> was going at it. Um, yeah, that's a tough one to pick one person. All right, all right.
0: I'll let you off the hook on that one um tell me about 19 stolen bases um tell me about how much of a priority that was for you coming into this season and you know like it, it, again how is it so easy like how is it you know is it giant oven mitts is it the what what is it making it so easy and do you find yourself saying dude if i get on first base i know i'm on second base immediately that's just the way it's going to work
7: yeah this, this year i just wanted to kind of tap into my speed a little bit um and obviously get the into- position for uh whoever the next hitter in the lineup was um that's a huge part of scoring runs is getting in the scoring position so basically focus on that in all spring training um and then obviously during the season pitchers have different tendencies on when they're going to pick um, they only get three picks um three pickoff attempts and if they don't get you on the third it's a balk so you get second regardless yeah um, so we kind of know, like, if they pick once or twice in an AB, then they probably won't pick again because they don't want to give you a free bag. So uh, basically, stuff like that. Um, finding, you know, what the time the pitcher is to the plate. Um, most of the guys in Aberdeen were, you know, one five, one six to uh, home. So that's a pretty decent time to uh, steal on. Um, and so far here in uh, Bowie, the three games we've played, everyone's been pretty quick to the plate. So um, we're gonna have to find different tendencies uh, to okay. run on. So
0: maybe not not quite as easy as it was when you had a little bit more time to work on it. What that's it's it's funny. Do you do you have a in your mind like a number? If 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 this guy is one five, then I know I can get the base.
7: Um, yeah, I think it also depends on, you know, if there's something they do right before they pick up and go to home. Uh, Okay. So, you know, if they, if they lift their head and then go home, I'll look at the head. If they lift their head, I'll take off and kind of get that extra second so I could get in there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'd say around one, four, one, five, um, is kind of where I'd, where I'd go.
0: And then lastly, what do we need to know about you, Jed Fabian? Like give me a give me an idea of like a, a Monday an off day, what's going on in your world? What are you into besides baseball? Give us the whole rundown on you.
7: Um, on Mondays, uh it's really relaxing. Um just taking a day off, um spending it with my wife, um going to you know walk around, um cooking food, stuff like that. Um just spending time with her because um, she travels everywhere to watch me oh, play. So, that's cool.
0: Uh, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so
7: a very cool. Just spending time with her on the off day.
0: All right. You in the, you, you you watch any movies, any shows, anything like that?
7: Um, we don't watch uh, many movies. Um, Definitely watch some sports as they're on on Mondays. Watch the O's play if they play on Monday. Okay. Um, All right. Play 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 card games. Um, teaching her a few card games. So. What's,
0: wh- okay, what's your go-to? Like when you and your family would get together, what's the go-to card game?
7: Uh, me and my family get together. It's uh, it's this game that is called poker. Um, <laughs> it's it's a pretty popular one. <laughs>
0: I've f- I've heard of it. I'm familiar.
7: <laughs> yeah, we uh, we definitely uh, play a bunch of poker. how um, how, so.
0: com- how competitive are you?
7: Um, I'm pretty competitive, but my whole family is probably more competitive when it really? comes to card games. Really? Um, no one likes to lose, so those poker games get heated.
0: At the height of my poker playing days, my, my eternal problem was after like an hour, I would just get bored and go all in on a stupid hand. Like, just <laughs> like I just be like, well, can we just do something else? <laughs> and I would throw yeah. all in, on just the dumbest hand ever and see if I could get away with it. <laughs> it, it. They'd be like, yeah, you just lost 50 bucks. I'd be like, well, yeah, but at least I can go do something else now. I've <laughs> yeah. had enough of yeah. this. Uh, Judd Fabian, it's great to catch up with you. It's at Judd Fabe on Twitter, right? That's where everybody can give you a follow. Yep. All right. Yes, give, sir. Give him a follow there. Uh, congratulations on the uh, success that you've been finding, dude. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. May it continue for you all season long and moving forward. Appreciate you doing this.
7: Oh, uh, thank you guys for having me,
0: Jed Fabian, uh, the Bowie Bay Sox. After he got called up from Aberdeen, uh, having a very good season and as uh, pointed out, already had a home run. I got to get to the bottom of that. Why don't outfielders celebrate more? Like, why is it that we're 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 allowed to celebrate? Like, we've let hitters celebrate home runs. Pitchers, like we now see at least a little bit of celebration, right? We see the pose from Yeni or Cano, things like that. Why do we not ever see it I from I think Fernando Tatís I think got somebody, I don't know if it was at the plate or on the
1: bases sometime cuz he's been playing right field. And oh, okay. I think he did like a little a uh, little like a little
0: holster. Somebody his, else had a, you know, like they would somebody else did that in the past and yeah. I like that, but I want more. I want more creativity. I feel yeah, like this is yeah, a great opportunity Just completely,
1: you know, just show up Dude, the guy an, that you got out. Dude, it's an
0: electric <laughs> play. You know what I didn't ask? I wonder if at the major league level, guys are worried it's going to be overturned, so they don't want to celebrate it, because like, every play is so close. I mean, at this
1: point, I mean, yeah, the replays we've seen.
0: Well, I mean, the thing this week was a joke. The The Texas-Chicago Blocking thing the was absurd. I mean, that is utterly ridiculous. Jonaheim
1: hit a home run. Speaking of celebrations, he hit a home run yesterday, so then he, as, as he was running the bases, he went, should we review
0: it? Should we review it? He was... <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him for that. <laughs> I really can't. Like, that's pretty good. Uh, but I just feel like I want to see – I want more outfielder celebrations. I want more personality in baseball on the whole. And, like, I love – like, the college level, like, guys, when they make good catches, they are fired up. They are jumping up and down. But at the major league level, it's, like, you know, it's the, ah, I'm supposed to do this. You know, again, yeah. all you get is, like, the tip of the cap from the pitcher. You don't ever get the celebration. They don't well, want to get drilled. I But they're willing to celebrate home runs. And they're supposed to do that too. Why are we only allowed to celebrate home runs? Why can't we celebrate other cool things during the course of games? Jed Fabian and I are going to fix this.
1: Maybe, gonna, they, maybe, maybe like fix this. they're kind of caught so off guard, like when they make a great play in the field, they're but just kind of like, I just do that?
0: Dude, you got it. Our reaction when you gun someone down at the plate, it's a cool play, right? Like it's an exciting play in a baseball game, is throwing somebody out at the plate. I feel like it warrants more celebration than what it gets. Now, maybe part of the problem is you're thinking about the fact that, like, if it happened on a base hit, there's still another runner on base or something like that, and they, you're not out of the inning or whatever. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm team let's enjoy gunning down somebody down at the plate more. This is a, I'm Glenn Clark, and I approve this message situation. I want to see more of it. Lamont Wade's a first baseman, so we can't really ask him about it because he's not going to be gunning anybody down at the plate.
1: You might, you know, like a bunt or something. Yeah, but it's uh, not the same thing. In. That's not the same. That's <laughs> not
0: an electric play. That's from the a throw from the outfield, getting somebody at the plate is an electric play within the sport. We all appreciate it. Uh, next time we have another outfielder on, we're we're keeping this campaign going. I want okay. I want us to s- exclusively talk to outfielders for the next couple of weeks. Okay. All right? I think no, tomorrow
1: we do have an outfielder. All right, we're going to yeah. deal with that. <laughs> we're
0: going to talk. I want to know more. Why don't outfielders <laughs> celebrate big throws? Do it. Do it. Fix this. All right. Um, still to come today, as I mentioned. We will chat with Lamont Wade. In fact, why don't we do that next? How about we catch up? Do it right now? No, no, no. We can oh, take a break. Okay.
1: I had to make, sure I, well, I wanted to make sure I didn't play the wrong thing here.
0: <laughs> Not, if I meant now, I would say now. Okay. Next normally means.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Well, you're teasing. Next is a tease.
0: Hey, man. Griffin's only been around for <laughs> well over a year. <laughs> can understand why we're still... Well, I mean, it was working close. At, it was kind of working close out the kinks. Just
1: see the, the cadence I was picking up on.
0: It's no cadence there. Well, I can. kind I of would tell. I would set it up
1: when we're thrown to a break. <laughs> way, is that how that Griffin's kind of a also halfway. giving away the
0: fact that we pre-recorded Lamont Wade. Top oh, everything. we're calling him right now. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Remember what I was saying about four-day weeks? <laughs> Maybe make it three days. Maybe a nice three-day week for the summer. Just want to make sure I was doing. Until right. football comes back, we can. We can handle about three-day weeks. Coming up, former Turp, Baltimore native, Giants first baseman Lamont Wade. We'll check in with him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest
1: edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
2: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler
6: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard For more than 50 years they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4 Available in hybrid
3: or gas only models A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style Check out
4: buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark.
0: All right, back in here on GCR as we can continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Orioles off back in action tomorrow back at home. And by the way, this is a cool little six-game stretch with these two teams with, with exciting young. Like, here's what I would point out. The thing that we were talking about before where, like, you you would like to see some different teams get some attention, the next week is more deserving of, like, it's a shame that the only time the Orioles are able to get national attention is, like, when they go play in New York because that's where the national writers live or whatever. Because these two series for for baseball would kind of be good to give a little bit more focus to because it's exciting. I get the Mariners are a little disappointing this year, they're only, like, two games under 500. It's not like they, they couldn't be two weeks away from playing good baseball and getting right back into the playoff mix in the American League. And Julio Rodriguez is Julio Rodriguez. And then, obviously, the Reds are, you know, an excellent story. So this, to me, is a sneaky, exciting little stretch, a little homestand for the Orioles of good, young, budding superstars, Adley Rutschman versus Julio Rodriguez. Um, Gunnar Henderson versus Ellie de la Cruz. like there's some really exciting subplots to the next week. Um, who's the closer in Cincinnati that's been killing it this season What's Alexis that? Diaz Alexis
1: Diaz yeah. versus Felix Batista, right? He's like perfect in his safe, safe this, opportunities.
0: This probably there. two most exciting closers in all of baseball squaring off next week. I get that that's still a few days away and the Reds had another come from behind win yesterday. Um, they were down three nothing. Uh, later in the game to the Colorado Rockies and ended up rallying to win that one. As they have just been, I think it's now thirteen of fifteen Ooh, since
1: something like that. I think that's right. It's eleven in
0: a row. Eleven in a row. And I think it's. I think they're thirteen and two since calling up De La Cruz. So just a unique. I get it. The Mariners are not sexy right now, but this is still Julio Rodriguez. It's still it's still a good young core in Seattle, and I do still think that they can. You know. That division is tougher than I think people realized it was going to be. Um I, I still think that there is room there for the Mariners to have a stretch of good baseball ahead of them and and be a part of the conversation this season. I just think it's a sneaky good homestand uh, that we're coming up on it's
1: always funny these uh these win streaks 'cause so the Giants, they're on a ten game win streak. Yeah. We're and, about to talk to LeMon yeah, Wade, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like all, I feel like I had Heard nothing about it because the Reds are just they're on a one game
0: better win streak right now. Well, I but well, the Reds and have LA de la Cruz. Like the la Reds are the sexy, yeah. exciting team because they have a a young superstar that everybody is clamoring in the Giants The Giants have passed the Dodgers. They've know, The Dodgers it's it's more Like the there's still like the crazy story in the National League West is the Diamondbacks. Like yeah. that's the yeah. story out there. Um, but to the point, the Do- the Giants are back within a. They're within two and a half. Two and half of Arizona. Two and a
1: half of Arizona. Yeah, and game uh,
0: up on uh, the Dodgers. You know, it's been a great stretch, obviously, for them. It's been an outstanding stretch. They just don't have, you know, a, a sexy young superstar. Lamont that, Wade. Well, I mean, Lamont Wade's <laughs> been a big part of it. There's no doubt. Like Lamont, and again, we're about to talk to him. Uh, which is it's totally live and we're just waiting for the phone call and definitely not something we had to record yesterday afternoon. Although it's, you know, he's on the West coast. So you guys probably can't be all that surprised that uh, we had to pre-record this one. Um, So in fact, I think he actually references the wind streak, but then remembers as he's referencing it, that we were were recording for the next day. And so he said something like, you know, nine, 10, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) You'll hear that during the conversation. Um, yeah, I mean the Giants are exciting, but they're not coming to Baltimore. So that kind of doesn't matter for us. My point is like this is a it's a great week to get out to the ballpark yeah. for baseball. Like these are not the traditional teams that would draw big crowds as opponents um when when they come to town to play the Orioles, but to me, like obviously I think next week really shapes up for an exciting few days where your kids are out of school you know take him to the ballpark one night next week and that's a really neat opportunity to see again one of the biggest phenomenons in baseball and the hot one of the hottest teams against noriel's team that's worth going out to support so sneaky good homestand was the point that i was trying to make now live right now uh we had we did have to record this yesterday afternoon because you know he is out on the west coast but uh, always appreciate the opportunity to catch up with a Baltimore native and a man who feels very strongly about the new head coach uh, of the University of Maryland baseball program. He is former Terp Lamont Wade right here on GCR. Well, it's a pleasure to have our next guest back with us here on GCR. The last time we chatted with him was back when he was more known as Late Night Lamont. Now he's Lead Off Lamont. He is a Baltimore native, Giants first baseman, and he a Terp most importantly is he's going to tell us about uh, someone that means a whole lot to him. He is Lamont Wade, and he's back with us on GCR. Lamont, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to catch back up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Absolutely.
9: Thanks for having me again.
0: It I appreciate it. It's really good to chat with you, dude, and it's amazing to see you continue to kill it, uh, even when it comes at the expense of the Orioles, because thankfully we got two out of three anyway, so we can be all right with that. Um <laughs> Lamont, I remember catching up with you a couple years ago after your big breakout season, and I remember I I had no idea. I was just talking about who mattered so much to you, and you brought up Matt Swope's name very quickly and frequently. Um, Now, of course, Matt has taken over. He's the new head coach at Maryland Baseball. I wanted to revisit it. For people that don't know, can you explain to everybody just what Matt Swope means to you personally and all of the success that you have found in this sport? Cool.
9: I mean, I I, I, I owe Matt Swope almost everything, you know. I mean, just the fact that what we were able to do in 2021 after, especially my first year, um, after debuting in 19 and being up and down in 20, you know, uh, I wasn't really in a good spot uh, at the plate and really on defense as well. But it was just, you know, just really lost at the plate. And uh, all it took was, you know, reaching out back to Swope and, you know, he got me back on track. And we met up that off season, 2021. We hit all off season together. You know, we were able to fix some things and, and just talk about the game. And uh, you know, I contributed that whole season and you know, my success right there to my swope. You know, if it wasn't for him, then I, I don't think I would even. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Wow. You know, so I mean, you know, I owe everything to swope. Love the guy, and I'm just excited for him and what he's going to do for the University of Maryland. Can you sure.
0: can you flush that through a little bit more for me? Because I, I feel like when we, we were starting to hear that Coach Vaughn might be moving on, it, everyone, everyone in this community said, well, that's, it, it's a bummer, but it's okay because we know who the guy is. C- can you explain yes. what Matt Swope means to this community? Not just like guys that went to Maryland, but, you know, I was talking to Troy Stokes who never played at Maryland and how much Matt Swope means yeah. to him, right? Like, Anybody from yeah. this area, what Matt Swope means to the baseball community here?
9: Yes. Well, first off, like like you said, like um, I, I am happy for Coach Vaughn, and and I wish him nothing but the best. Coach Vaughn has been so great to me and my family as well throughout the whole time I was at the University of Maryland. Even when I go back in the offseason, I would always talk to Coach Vaughn as well. He was always good to me and taught me a lot as well. And I wish him nothing but the best. I always be in, in touch with Coach Vaughn, but. When when he left, I I knew it, it was a no brainer, I knew uh, Coach Swope was gonna was gonna be the guy. You know, he he's he's been there. He's he's Maryland through and through. Like he's like the perfect example of a representation of Maryland University of Maryland and what what it means to play for the University of Maryland baseball team. I mean, he played there, he coached there, mm-hmm. and he's been there the whole time. He's just loyal to the University of Maryland. He could have been taken away. He could be in, he could be in the big leagues as a hitting coach right now, mm-hmm. or in a, in a in a pro system right now. But he turned it all down because he knew where he wants to be, and that's at the University of Maryland. And uh, I feel like wow, this I mean, these guys who are going to get to play now at the University of Maryland are going to be lucky and blessed to have him as their coach. I mean, he's he's going to give it his all, and he's going to put everything that he can into it, and he's going to get the most out of his players. So yeah. uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited for the program. I think the program's only going up since I've left you know so they made it they had another good run this year had another great team. they shattered all the records and everything just couldn't get past the weightforce team that strong speed. but we're, on, we're definitely on the right path and uh with, with Coach Swope at the at the head now I mean I think it's, we're only going we're only going to keep getting better and
0: better. Uh, he is Lamont Wade. He is with us here on GCR. Lamont, you referred to a couple of things in there that stand out to me, and I think the one is is the passion for Maryland. And yes. I, I wonder, and it's not to take anything away from not only Coach Vaughn but Coach Chef, but it, it's a little bit different wow. as someone who cares so deeply yeah. about this place. As you pointed out, wasn't just looking for another job, has turned down other opportunities, and I think there's reason to think might turn down other opportunities in the future if there's success. Right. Do you believe that that could lead to another level of passion? And, you know, for all of the good things that Maryland baseball has done, to close that gap, to get to Omaha, to get to a College World Series, do you feel like that passion and how much he cares about this place could be a difference maker for this program in the coming years?
9: 100%. 100%. I, I, I see this higher as, you know, just the DMV. There's so many great baseball players that come out of the DMV state you look on, you look on TV, and you see these guys are at other big-name schools around the country. Whereas I, I see is that now is not being the case. I see, I feel like with the swope hire, like all the homegrown talent is gonna stay home. Like he, he's so passionate about the DMV. He's from the DMV, lives in the DMV, has his family there. So I feel like that's gonna be a, a great thing for the for the University of Maryland as well. But like like you said, the passion that he brings, like he, he bleeds like University of Maryland. Like it's not fake, it's it's completely real. You know, he's not only he's not only the head baseball coach, but he cares about the community. He cares yeah. about the other sports teams on campus, you know, he cares about the academics. He's always gonna care about the academics and everything else within the community. So, I mean, it's just it's it's special and like you said, it's just different. You know, Coach Vaughn and Coach Chef, yeah, we, they have passion as well. But it's just something different when you know it's home. He's it's it's his hometown. It's, it's his alma mater where he's had records and he had success, and where he's coached for so long. To so now to take over to be the head coach, you know, I feel like you know it's just all coming complete circle and coming together. And I think he's going to give it his all. I know he's going to give it his all, and I, I think we're going to see great things coming out of the University of Maryland, even even greater things because. A lot of positive has been coming out there lately, but I think it's just going to take it to the next step.
0: Obviously, to your point, winning the Big Ten tournament this year was a very big deal, back-to-back regular season yep. titles in the conference, tons of success. Lamont, can, can you tell us a little bit, maybe a story about how your relationship began or if there's one you know, particular story that means a lot to you about a conversation that you had or a time that you guys got together is there a story that means something to you when it comes to your relationship with Coach Swell?
9: Oh, there's, there's a lot, but there there there's one, and I think he would like it. It was uh, I was I think I was a fresh it was my freshman year, and I was I was in the outfield at the beginning, and uh, there was a time where it was in the winter it was in the fall where it was snow and everything on the ground, and we were outside doing outfield drills, and I wasn't really giving it my all, and uh, <laughs> you know. He he threw a ball and he got on me and then we kinda he of, you know, and then he kicked me out of practice.
0: Wow. And then
9: after, after practice we he, he came to my locker and he found me and we talked and he kinda of explained as to why he's so hard on me and it's because it was for out of love, not out of anger or anything like that. It was just all out of love and that he wanted to get the most out of me because he believed in me and he believed that I had a future. I had a future in this game past college. That really opened my eyes, and that really from then on, it was like anything he said I would do, and it was like he just, just formed my tr- I, I gained enormous amount of trust from him, and I just completely trusted him and believed in him and from now, from there on, he really like kind of changed my mindset and changed like my, my attitude towards practice and how to approach the game, and honestly, if, if that wouldn't have happened, I don't know if I would be here today. And that's just one. That's just one story from Swope, and that's, I got plenty more. But it's like right, that's that, the one that really stuck out. Yeah, that's, that's the one that really stuck out.
0: That's powerful. I mean, like that's a yeah. really powerful story about how a relationship yeah. was built and and how that trust yeah. came together. And a guy that, you know, I remember being that age, and I would not have maybe been so cool with someone that kicked me out of practice. I might have uh, had an issue for some time. That's a powerful thing. Uh, Lamont Wade yeah. is with us uh, here on GCR. Lamont, since I have you, uh, not a lot of dudes play first base and get on base at a 400 clip. Um, I, you know, we knew you were a talented player, but this is a whole different level to your game. Uh, where did this come from with the, the patience at the plate and fighting to get on base at an absurd clip the way you have been this season?
9: Um, I, I honestly think I, I contribute that to, to my health, you know, last year with the knee, I wasn't really able to, uh, you know, get into my legs and do everything that me and Swope worked on in the off season. I wasn't really able to, to do it with the, with you know, had the restriction with the knee, but I feel that this year with the off season I had with um, the strength and conditioning uh, program I had this off season with the rehab uh, program, I did this off season on top of what I did with Swope all off season. Um, I feel like it's just all coming together, you know, and it's, And with the health and everything I did with Swope this offseason, I feel like putting those two things together is what's allowed me to have some success right now. And I just want to try to keep that going and just take it one day at a time, one pitch at a time, and just trying to, you know, not let one AB linger into the next AB. And just know that after one AB, you're going to get four more. And then if you don't get it that day, you just got to come back tomorrow. So it's just really – a tribute to the health and what I did with swope and the in the mental
0: side. I think it's important what you just said there because I think people need to hear that you you had that success, you became this phenomenon, right. and yet you still come back home and you're still spending time and you and Matt swope are still getting together even beyond that success that you found at the major league level.
9: Oh yeah, it, it never stops. It never stops, and I feel like you. I feel like you don't really ever find anything. I feel like you're always just making adjustments to try and get better and better each and every time and just be, be more consistent. We're um, just trying to find a move that I can be comfortable with that, that I'll be safe with, with the body, but also just, you know, be able to be repeatable. That's the main thing is that I'm just trying to be repeatable and as consistent as I can be within my move offensively. And uh, other than that, it, the results will be the results. So, um, but yeah, every off season, it doesn't change. I come back home and that's actually, when I called Swope to congratulate him about the head coaching job, uh, the first thing he said was, "Nothing changes, man. Nothing changes, man." And uh, you know, and I and and I already knew that because that's just the type of guy he is. You know, family man. He's loyal man. And uh, I'm I'm just very excited for him. And um, and I'm just excited for the University of Maryland program.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, what'd you think of uh, you seeing the Orioles for a couple of days? Uh, you know, the good news is you don't have to see much more of you. Don't have to compete against them. But um, yeah, pretty special thing that's been building over here, huh?
9: Oh, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, they're 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 a fun, exciting team. You know, they're they're very talented. Um, they're well coached. Um, they play the game the right way, and they got they got some young guys over there who can really play. Um, and, uh, that that was on full display, and it's it's you know, um, as a as a fan, I guess you would say from afar, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see the team doing well because you know, anytime they are the Orioles. The local, um, you know, Baltimore sports so the is doing well. Um, it's always good for the community and uh, for the city of Baltimore. So um, that's always great to see. So I wish those guys nothing but success and um, and uh, and, a, and a good year. You know, so uh, you know, it was definitely cool to see them though because we have I, I've never played them before professionally. Yeah. So it is cool to get to play other teams, but also to also play your hometown team. So that that, that did. Uh, that was special, and uh, look forward to next year coming and playing at Oriole
0: Park. Yeah, we're worried that you might be targeting the warehouse at that point. We're worried. We saw Gunner nearly get it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're worried that when you show up here in Baltimore, because we've seen the McCovey shots. Like, we're worried you might be taking aim. We're hoping that one day we see in the other orange and black. We're hoping that that still comes together at some point. Um, uh, Lamont, I, I know it's Lamont Wade Jr. on Twitter. Is there anything that we can plug for you that you have going on?
9: Uh no I, don't, I honestly don't really have too much going on you know um just really just my family's here in town right now you know um we're getting ready to play the Padres tonight you know it's, it's, we're just in a good spot right now we got a we got a good uh, thing going right now I think we won a few games in a row I don't know what it is but uh uh we, we got a good streak going right now so um no, I can't complain. Everything's going well right now.
0: It's awesome. Well, it, obviously, the season you're putting together, dude, 47 walks, 49 strikeouts to start this season. That is bonkers, dude. Uh, it, it's so cool to see your success continue, man. And obviously, uh, we like Matt Swope a whole lot, too. He's a great dude, so we're just Absolutely. as excited as you are about that. Uh, yeah, really dude. appreciate you Thank taking you. the time for us, Lamont. Congratulations on more success, and look forward to k- chatting with you again down the road, all right? It's-
9: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I love you. Just love the show and appreciate
0: Very kind of him to say that. Thank you, Lamont Wade. Wish everybody would say that when they wrap up. Ah, love you, love love the show, love it. Wish everybody would do that. That'd be great. Thank you to Lamont Wade for taking the time for us. Obviously, you can see how much Matt Swope means to him, and uh, the reason why it is that everybody's so hopeful about what the next era of Maryland baseball could bring, and perhaps even taking a step forward. So we will see. All right. Um. You know what I wanted to do? Have you played the uh, MLB Immaculate Grid that is sweeping the nation? Uh, no. Okay, so every baseball fans are freaking out about this, and I realize because I played it for the first time yesterday, I am not like I'm I'm struggling. So the way it works is you have to fill a grid that it's sort of like Wordle, like it's the same for everybody every day. There's one game, so if your players are playing and I'm playing, we're gonna play it right now on okay. the air. So you have to match two things. So Like, today, the first box is you have to match someone, find a player who played for both the Boston Red Sox and the Cincinnati Reds. Then you have to match somebody who played for both the Red Sox and the Padres. Then you have to match someone who played for the Red Sox and won a World Series. Then the next line, Phillies Reds, Phillies Padres, Phillies World Series champ. Then the last one is more random, someone who hit 40 home runs that played for the Reds. Someone Mm. who had 40 home runs that played for the Padres. Someone that hit 40 home runs that won a World Series. So, let's start. The idea is you have to go nine for nine. You can't miss any. So, I'll go first because I'm pretty confident that Bronson Arroyo played for both the Red Sox and the Reds. So that'll be my first one, Bronson Arroyo. I'll put that there and indeed. Okay. Thir- and, and it even tells you that 35% of people have guessed Bronson Arroyo hmm. to fill that box. Interesting. So again, this is these are the boxes. You can pick which one you want to fill, which one you're comfortable okay, so it was with. So
1: 40 home runs and he played for the Reds.
0: 40 home runs that played for the Reds, 40 home runs that played for the Padres, or 40 home runs and won a World Series. So did Jesse Winker hit 40 home runs? How confident are you? I'm
1: pretty confident or Eugenio Suarez also hit
0: well, you, what do you want to do? You tell me. I
1: think Jesse Winker did it, didn't he?
0: Is that you're asking me?
1: Well, I mean, I thought this I was is your. For some oh, you want to do this together? I, 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 d- we were I don't. Going. I
0: don't remember if Jesse Winker. Oh, no, we're not doing it almost. together. We're going. We, we can do it, it together. Modern, I modern. thought we were going back and forth, but like, we can do it together if you want. And me, I don't
1: look. I, I see the grid again.
0: <laughs> There's the grid.
1: All right, so we got a Red Sox. He was on the Red Sox and the Padres. Yeah. So, so like, Francie Cordero.
0: Does Francie Cordero play for both the Red Sox and the Padres?
8: I didn't.
0: <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I uh I did not know that. Franchi Cordero indeed. 0.5% of people. Let's go. Have used Franchi that's, Cordero. That's, that
1: should be the goal of this game. You want to have the lowest percentage and get a player. I
0: right. I don't this one is the easiest on me. A Red Sox World Series champion. I'll go ahead Mookie and just Bet. yeah, I'll just say David I guess you I, 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 I guess I,
1: if you're thinking you don't want to reuse a guy or use a
0: guy in an
1: easy category. I mean, I guess, but I want and is popped small... in
0: David Ortiz there, so. Okay. There's David Ortiz. Let's now, Philly and a red. Well, you can go anywhere. You don't have to fill the next one. I've just, we've just gone in order. Oh, you, uh, you should
1: have done, I guess we should have done uh, just a 40 home run world series champion. Yeah.
0: It could be for any team.
1: Okay. So like, I, I'm, well now I, you know, I'm going to back off that one. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I mean, a
1: Phillies world series champion, Chase Utley. Chase Utley definitely yeah. would be a Phillies <laughs> world series
0: champion. That's again, a very easy category. <laughs> Utley. they will go ahead and pop that in there. Um a, a guy who hit forty home run any guy who hit forty home runs and won a world series, it does seem like it's probably the easiest category in the history I know, I'm of worried, this. I'm overthinking it now. Um but I'll put in I'll put in Babe Ruth.
1: Okay. Did, so wait yeah. it didn't have to be the season that he no, hit. No, he just had oh, to hit okay. a forty
0: home runs and win a World Series. That makes you qualified. You have to have done both things. I'm something of a red five for and five. a Philly. A red and a Philly, hmm, um, or a Philly and a Padre. I have somebody that I think, man,
1: maybe a Philly and a Padre. Like that seems like it should be. Uh, no, Trey Turner was a Dodger. Yeah, I mean it, it. It should be much easier. I, I might, you know, I might just go. You, you can, if you, if you have one. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Cincinnati Reds in a Philly.
0: <laughs> well, you could also try to phone somebody who, a Red who hit 40 home runs in a season or a Padre that hit 40 home runs Again, in a season. Again, I'm pretty
1: confident Suarez and Winker both did. Well, which one do you want to go with? Let's go with Winker. Jesse Winker.
0: Boy, if you ruin our immaculate I'm right. grid, Jesse Winker did not hit 40 oh, home no. runs. no. You have ruined our immaculate grid.
1: So, so what, we just lose now?
0: Well, we can't finish it. No, no, we won't be able to finish the grid. Thanks a lot, Griffin. Did, Thanks a lot. So you
1: can't guess again for that. I think spot. you can, yeah. Uh, Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. If
0: we go, if you go All right, Suarez was correct. 9% Damn of people it. said Suarez. Should have picked Suarez. No, we're first. not going to be able to finish the grid, but I will try anyway. Uh I believe Mariano Duncan played for both the Reds and Mariano the Phillies. Duncan. And I was correct. And by the way, <laughs> Point one percent of people there, okay so guessed you guessed Mariana guess you win Duncan. that one. So
1: a forty home run Padre. Do you wanna uh, take a stab here? Do you wanna Who hit forty home runs for the Padres? Or or they just hit forty home runs and played for the Padres?
0: Uh yeah, I don't think it had to be somebody who hit forty home runs uh, for the Padres. I think it's somebody who hit forty home runs and was a Padre.
1: Padre Sluggers. Mm-hmm. I, uh, why, why am I blanking on Padre Sluggers? Uh Freddy Mel Reyes never hit forty. I don't no. remember him yeah, he hitting forty, did. but I don't think he did.
0: I was going to say Fred McGriff. Mm. Did he hit forty? Then yeah. I, I don't know he... if he had a forty home run season or not. That's the problem. What's his face? Did Did Greg Vaughn play for the Padres at one point? Can we look it up. <laughs> no, we're not <laughs> cheating. Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't.
0: I, 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 the oh. question I can't come up with is: Can Caminiti hit forty home mm-hmm. runs with the Padres? And I don't know. Did Greg Vaughn play for the Padres?
1: I don't. I don't know. All right, we're going I, McGriff. Okay. McGriff final right. answer. Go with
0: Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff. Ah, oh, we went over two on that. Damn. We we're bad with Damn. our forty home run guys. we Really struggled there. And they won't let you once you got the nine guesses. You can't. You can only oh. guess up to nine. So we went seven for nine on our Damn. immaculate grid. Just search. Uh, it's immaculategrid. dot com is the website. I guess you could do it over there if you want to. You feel the need to try to <laughs> fill fill those two uh, final boxes that we didn't fill. Um, but it's sort of like Wordle; it'll you'll gotcha. be addicted to it gotcha. for like for like two for, weeks. You'll do it even. Every, you'll not do, even. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Two weeks I think is a good. You'll do it every day, and then you'll never do it again. You'll say, "I was wasting my time. What was I doing?" But it'll be fun for those two weeks while it distracts you. I have heard suggestions of people trying to do them for other sports.
1: Greg Vaughn was indeed a Padre and did forty home runs.
0: <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! I can't believe Fred McGriff never hit forty home runs. That's crazy. Um. And then it's somebody who played for the Padres and the Phillies. Yikes. Padres. Why am I struggling I know, I with somebody know. who played for the Padres and the Phillies? Why is that one? That doesn't seem like it
1: should be hard. Let's see.
0: God. This is weird that this is such an issue for me.
1: It's because the Padres are just so out there. Yeah, that we, unless you're They're paying like, attention, you're not paying yeah.
0: attention. I understand what you're saying. Like, I, 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 There's no easy way to define it, but like, they kind of live in their own...
1: Did Heath Bell pitch for the
0: Phillies? That sounds like somebody that would have pitched for both those teams. Yes. You want to go with it? Yes. Guess Heath Bell. (laughs) It was not Heath Bell. Oh, son of a bitch. Darn it. Heath Uh, Bell. He played for the Padres and the Phillies. Philly. Did did Kimbrell never pitch for the Padres? No. I don't remember. No, I don't think he did. I don't remember. like closers the now you gotta thing. think about was there ever a trade between those that's the easiest yeah. way to answer this can you think of a trade between those teams uh
1: a Padre and a Philly
0: Aye. this is a good game you're this right this is I'm telling yeah. you man I'm telling you you're gonna end up <sighs> um okay I, I might be crazy in fact I don't even want to say it out loud because I'm gonna end up <laughs> Did John Kruk end up in San Diego?
1: I don't, I, I, you know, I don't really know.
0: Well, that was before you, I understand yeah, yeah. that. I, I don't, cr- I spell John Kruk. K-R-U-K. That's why. Kruk.
1: Maybe I spelled John
0: wrong. Oh, John? oh. yeah. oh. I mean, okay, go, you can, it, it's correct. Oh, okay. It's correct, yeah, but John it wasn't, Kruk? he didn't end John up in, Kruk? he started in San, San Diego. I don't Where's know why John I Kruk I, now? He was doing. He was doing games for uh, yeah. the Phillies. I don't know if he's still doing games at all, if he's doing broadcasts for the Phillies, but. There you go. Uh, immaculate Grid. Immaculate, immaculate grid. Grid. Uh, dot. New com. segment on the show, yeah. I don't think we're going to do it every day. Although, well, we can introduce it to Stan tomorrow. He'll yeah. he'll, he'll have some fun with that. Immaculate grid dot com, And now the race will be like with Wordle, where there were like 60 others immediately afterwards. There was the Naughty Wordle. I don't even remember what these th- things are called because I've already forgotten them. You
1: had like Jakob Podel, You had Podel for the oh, NBA. Oh, right. Yes. Correct. And then they had like, Weddle for yes, the NFL. Yes, they, they will immediately Pickle be. Pickle for MLB. Was oh, that what it was called? Yeah, the MLB pickle. It's <laughs>
0: <That's> not bad. <laughs> um, I guarantee there will be ones like this for football and basketball and things like that that'll pop up. But immaculate grid is the one that's gotten the attention this week as uh, for baseball. Want to go ahead and get a tidbit? Let's get. Uh, uh,
1: I did do fighting words too. Oh, to do right, fighting words?
0: fighting words. Sure, we can do fighting okay. words. Why not? Right. There's not really a whole lot going on. Yeah, I
1: mean, just MMA world, I guess. Is there? Yeah. I I mean, mean, well, you you had a. Uh, do I want to spoil? All right, go.
0: just hit the open. Go ahead. We'll do it.
1: Almost hit the of reviews. Don't want that. No, we don't want that. It's fighting words with Griffin backs.
0: I don't, I genuinely don't know what's going on in the. What am I? What did I miss? That was um, significant.
1: Well, Francis Ngannou and John Jones stare, had a well, stare I, down I at the that, PFL Event. Did
0: we think that's a thing? Um, you know,
1: I mean, I, I think it's at least kind of notable. I, I, nothing's gonna happen anytime soon. Um, but it, it is kind we,
0: of... We do know that John has wanted an Aganu fight. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it was
1: kind of nice to just... You know, cause it was kind of a little bit of a middle finger to Dana White because John and, Jones... And look, his, his UFC heavyweight champion is decked out in PFL gear, PFL hat. Well, and,
0: and Connor's still under contract with the UFC. Yes. And Connor showed up at PF Or no, he showed up at the... Bare Knuckle. Bare that's yeah, what it Yeah, the Bare Boxing Bare Look, I'm not... I'm not opposed to giving Dana White a middle finger. I just... Until I see something that viably... Like, if John Jones is sort of saying out loud, I'm going to do one more UFC fight, and then I'm going to come over here so I can get a Nagano fight, like, at least that gives us the fight that we want. I, I am all for trying to take down Dana White. He is a creep beyond creep, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is... Liv had hundreds of millions of dollars and couldn't take down the PGA Tour. Now, I get it. This is not... I'm not trying to compare the UFC to the PGA Tour. The UFC is still relatively young, right? Like, the, the UFC has been relevant in America for 20 years tops. So it's more possible. But what is the money behind the PFL? Um,
1: I just, yes, well, so that's the other thing, is that there is, Shad Khan has now talked about buying out the PFL, um, I'm not sure how close they are to that at now all. that that Bellator, becomes that now, becomes interesting. Yes, now Bellator is going to get sold. Scott Coker, the president right. of, of Bellator, has announced that probably in the next three months or so, uh, Bellator will be sold, and PFL is kind of one of the leading leading candidates to just absorb it. And I think that would be good because you know. You'd have more, be have more the legitimate competition. Yeah, between you could the two. you could combine them
0: and. Well, but isn't it a little bit awkward ESPN though, that family. ESPN's doing business with both of them? Yeah, and that doesn't make doesn't that make you think like if if at some point the UFC legitimately bought the PFL as being competition that they would say, no, you're not doing this any longer. Like I feel like that's always the biggest way that you know that like the NFL thinks nothing of the XFL is that they allow their part their network right. partners to. Yeah,
1: I mean that's that's probably true. Um, you know I think. For flight fans, though, just in general, they they enjoy the PFL being on ESPN because it's very accessible. Bellator is obviously exclusively on Showtime, and that's you know it'd be nice not to have to worry about, I guess, going to Showtime every couple weeks whenever there's a Bellator card. Um, okay, I mean, and I, I'm and, not... and they have good talent over there, so you you bring those over to the PFL or
0: or I, or, or it, it's the, the thing, thing that I thing said is... before. I'm I love competition in theory, yeah, but as a fan, I don't have the bandwidth. In it's order to be able about to, about I can't. PFL. The bell I can I can barely watch the UFC fights. Yeah. Like I, there's just no world in which I'm going to be able to to, to watch all of this. It, it can't possibly happen. Like for me, it's better when it's all under one one umbrella. I just don't right. want you know Dana White to be the one holding the umbrella because Dana White is a creep.
1: Yeah. Um. The, the problem with the John Jones, so John Jones signed an eight fight deal with UFC like in January. So, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. So Why like I, I mean, he he's that? I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I guess it was literally like right before the Francis uh, backed out of his. So I guess, I mean, now, so I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, John Jones has about as much leverage as anyone is, in the is world. Is there a can buyout
0: have. to it? Like, is there a, I mean, like, that's the, the, is it a fight? Is it a contract that he can get out of short of retiring, right? Like, right. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. That um, Look, so that makes that. I get too. why it why just, it's exciting to see the two of them. And I do remember now that that happened. It just probably is
1: the ultimate tease, really, is what, at what it le- feels like. At least like. for the near future. Right. Yeah. Um, and the
0: worst part is if the, the guys are both forty. How old is they're, Francis? They're both
1: like thirty-five. I
0: think. That's what. But what I'm saying is that the yeah, worst part the is if by the time it works out that you can get there, they're, both these guys are forty. Like, there's actually a very short window for which these guys can both be at the top of their game and at the peak of their career. And at some point, it becomes, you know, Oscar De La Hoya fighting Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. where like he's still only technically Oscar De La yeah, Hoya. That's at that what's so
1: because they're both in their prizes. So John Jones is thirty-five. Francis is is
0: thirty-six. And for heavyweights, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's that a good spot. Yeah. But it's there's not... I know there are guys that fight till they're 40 that are heavyweights, like and it works, that, but they're, you're not the same guy at 40 at that point. I think it's a shorter year or two right now that you need to strike here in order for it to be the fight that you want it to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, not a whole lot going on in boxing. Uh, next week, Jared Anderson is undefeated. He'll fight Charles uh, Martin. Yes. First Charles Martin. Sure. Next
0: week. These are people we've heard of.
1: Former heavyweight champ, Charles Martin.
0: Um Javante's gotta stay like they, they finally made a final ruling and he has to stay in jail. Like he mm. So the story and the whole thing was that they're claiming his attorney told him that he could stay at this new penthouse that he bought. Oh. And Javante's like, Well, hey, I've got all these, you know, security that I need. I, I can't I can't stay at a one bed you know, a two bedroom apartment. Like that's not an option for me. And the judge isn't having it like this isn't a real confinement you're in this luxury penthouse like that's that's not a real thing and made him go to jail and there was a fight about it. and i think the final ruling was that he has to stay in prison mm, so, okay so
1: you know so nothing on the gervonta uh horizon uh, so far unfortunately uh ufc did have a card last weekend jared Cannonier destroyed vittori over five rounds um, which just kind of muddies up the middle. I mean, we kind of knew that coming going into the fight, but nothing was going to really be solved. But the middleweight, uh, you know, ranking can conti- cont- continue to be just a little muddied up, just with Izzy being better than everyone. So we still don't really know who his next uh opponent should be. I think he's going to fight in September in Sydney, um, and probably just get the winner of the Robert Whitaker, okay. du Plessis fight, which is in July. Um, yeah, just the middleweight, you know, just not really. I mean, Kamzat could be could be an interesting one there, just but he hasn't fought in a while either, so it's it's just kind of you're you're just trying to make something interesting for Israel Adesanya. Okay. Um, this weekend a card, national televised card on ABC. They're in Jacksonville. The card, main card starts at three. Um, it is Ilya Toporia and Josh Emmett the feather in the featherweights. Um, sure. Yeah. So I mean, if it, Josh Emmett just lost a Yair Rodriguez in the interim featherweight t- uh, title fight. Um, He's going to fight Volk, or Yair's is going to fight Volk, and Volk Volkanowski's you know, he's the guy. He's the top feather, featherweight. Uh, so maybe if Tapuria wins, which he should, it would move him into getting potentially the next title shot. But those are the high stakes. Th- those are that's the highest stakes uh, okay. at this weekend's card in okay. Jacksonville. Obviously, PFL Friday night as well. Just a couple notable mm-hmm. names: no, no, Shane no, Burgos, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're Olivier you're, Mercier. You're pushing
0: it. You're pushing it. No um, one cares. Yeah,
1: and then you know.
0: When is, the, when is the when is the Crawford spence fight that's the next like big fight when is that because I saw something about the pay-per view price for that and I
1: <laughs>
0: and, uh. and, and, and you, and you were like all right,
1: I'll, I'll show that no
0: over. no um hang on a second that it flight is going
1: to be uh the end of July the last weekend of July yeah last weekend of july eighty four95
0: eighty four 95 for Spence Crawford. That's what you. That's that's. I mean, not in this house.
1: And that's kind of, I guess, what makes the PFL Bellator merger. I mean, if if it happens, right. it's the just the, the accessibility. It's on, right. The accessibility is what makes kind of MMA. I think you know, as they kind of make a turn towards trying to dethrone boxing, I think it's the premier, uh, combat sport. Mm. It's just I don't. You know, I don't. You gotta, I don't. If you gotta don't pay s- ninety dollars, I
0: understand. I just don't buy into that like competition thing at yeah. all. Like, there's no reason they're
1: too. They're too different.
0: I, right. They're two different. And I, I don't really understand, like, wh- who are you trying to convince to be one and not the other? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, th- it's such a bizarro world. Like, you're allowed... It, I, I just don't... I don't buy into it. I don't buy into it. Like, that might be something that drives them. And I know at first it definitely was driving them. But at some point, like, you're not making this sport go away.
1: They're separate entities.
0: Correct. And... Like, do your thing. Just worry about your product and try to have a good product.
1: Well, we'll see how much uh we'll see how much how many people pay 85. Yes,
0: 84.95 is a, a very difficult that is a very difficult thing to do. Uh,
1: but yeah, slow week for fighting words. But yep. had to do. Okay. It. All
0: right. No, I appreciate yes, it. Yes. Very good. Now, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: Shohei Otani indeed had 12 strikeouts last night uh, when they when the Angels took on the Dodgers. He also reached base safely and he also got handed the loss after recording 12 strikeouts. He is the first American League pitcher to do those three things: strikeout 12, reach base, and pick up the loss since Mickey Lolich did it for the ti- Tigers in 1971. L- Lolich. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Lolich. Sure.
0: Go. With yes. it. Just keep going.
1: Luis Arraez is batting 398 through the most he stinks.
0: Yeah. Can't even hit 400. What a loser.
1: Through his first 75 games that is the best by any player through their first 75 games since Tony Fernandez hit 405 in 1999 through Toronto's first 75 games. Uh however, one notable uh you know kind of uh, similarity here is in 1941 t- when Ted Williams hit 400 through his first 75 games. He was hitting exactly 398. Well,
0: years. how about that? That Luis Arraez is greater than sign Ted Williams. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. Uh, On this day, 1994, we're doing a basketball tidbit. There's just not a whole lot going on in (laughs) baseball. Well, the NBA draft is happening. Is it related to the NBA draft? Uh, Unfortunately, it's not.
0: Okay, then that doesn't make any sense. Let me see if I have one. The NBA draft is tonight. I feel like if we were preparing a tidbit related to... I get it, we're not really talking about the NBA draft because what is there for us to talk about, but I do feel like if we were doing a quiz, an NBA draft-related quiz would make sense considering, again, that's the event that's tonight and then won't happen again for another year. Not sure if you've heard, they only do it once. How we doing over there?
1: I'm trying to see if I if I still have this tidbit up that I used last year around the draft. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah.
0: I've definitely forgotten about it. There's no question All right, let me that see, I will let me have forgotten see about here. it. Tidbits
1: mm, here. Oh, that's my Maryland baseball one. I think it was about Maryland basketball players getting drafted. Okay. If I can. All right. I can well, find I don't think it. there'll be any of those this year. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so the only number one overall pick in Maryland basketball history Joe was Smith, Joe course. Smith. Can you name the eight other first rounders that came out of Maryland basketball since Joe um, Smith since Joe Smith, so 1995. Oh, since Joe Smith. Yes. Okay. The Juan, eight first rounders. Juan Dixon. Juan Dixon is one of them.
3: Uh
0: <sighs> God. Now it's remembering who was first round and who was second. Uh, Gravis was first round. Gravis was indeed first round. Uh, do, 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 do.
1: Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter was first round.
0: Jalen Smith
1: Jalen Smith was first round
0: wow oh
1: Chris Wilcox Chris wilcox was first round I'm missing missing three
0: wait yeah three God it's so hard to remember where these guys went in the draft um uh, Bruno, not Bruno. He, he was he, second he, round. He was second round. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! I really thought I was gonna, I really thought I was gonna nail that one. Um, God, who else was a first rounder? Oh, Alex Len. Alex Len was indeed
1: very early in the first. Was like a top round. five. Yeah. Pick. I think it was fifth, fifth overall.
0: Uh. Yeah, pick five in 2013.
1: Alex Lynn.
0: Oh, Steve Francis was after. Steve Francis yeah, was indeed was for number two game. overall.
1: Last one.
0: Last one. Oh, God.
1: End of the first round.
0: End of the first
1: round. Pick okay. 28. He's a Baltimore guy.
0: Oh, would you settle down What's over there? I... Oh,
1: Keith Booth. Yeah. Keith, Keith Booth, Booth, yes. Dunbar. Dunbar alone.
0: I don't like it when you do that. I could have gotten that. Right, so Actually, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think I would have guessed Blake before I would have guessed Booth but maybe that's just because Blake had a better career.
1: Other one I was going to mention on this day in 1994, Hakeem Olajuwon became the first player born outside of the U.S. to Mm. win Finals MVP. Mm. And since then, there have been five other uh, players that have won Finals MVP not born in the U.S. Jokic. Jokic is, of course, the most recent. Ginobili? Uh, Ginobili did not win. Parker? Uh, Parker did. Yeah.
0: I knew it was one of them.
1: And there's another Spur. I didn't know he was not born in the U.S.
0: Are they Are they counting Duncan because he was from, yeah. but he was like the Virgin Islands. It's like a U.S. It counts, uh, that, that, that's where they're, they're counting outside the 50 U.S. That, states. Now that, so that's, a, that's
1: too much right, of a stretch for it.
0: I mean, I don't know. That is a bit of a, uh, Giannis, obviously. Giannis. And how many more did you say there were? There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. One more. One more. One more. Keep it in your pants. Okay. There's nothing. You, I know you're over there just itching. Just keep it in your Hal didn't win.
1: He did not win.
0: It was, oh, but Kobe was not born in the US, right? Uh or no, he was Kobe's born and list. then he, he's not on this list. Where was Kobe? Kobe born? was born in the US, then moved to Italy or whatever with his dad when his dad was playing overseas. Yeah, he was born in Philly and then And then moved back to Philly. Yeah. All right, go ahead.
1: Uh he played for the he won he won in twenty eleven. He took down LeBron uh in the first the first year of the Miami Heat.
0: Oh, Dirk, right? Dirk yeah. Nowitzki.
1: Dirk, Dirk Big Nowitzki. Big yes. Dummy. I should have gotten that.
0: All right, very good. Tubular is brought to you today by Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Go to Pressboxonline.com slash offers right now. Get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings. After you place your first five dollar bet, see this and other great sportsbook offers at Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Yes, the draft tonight is on ESPN but also the first round is on ABC as well uh eight o'clock for that uh again both both rounds on ESPN unless Nikola Jokic gets drafted in which case it'll be during a commercial um but first both rounds on ESPN first round on ABC baseball today Diamondbacks Nationals one o'clock on mass and MLB Network Braves Phillies at one Mariners Yankees at seven ESPN Plus Pirates Marlins at 640. Uh, LSU and Wake Forest for the right to play Florida in the College World Series championship round. That game tonight, elimination game, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Washington Mystics, Chicago Sky at 8 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington, which will no longer be called NBC Sports Washington this fall. They're changing it to Monumental Sports Network, Uh uh, which is kind of weird that it took this long, honestly. Uh, That game is also on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime has Indiana Fever, Seattle Storm at 10, CBS Sports Network, Connecticut Sun, Minnesota Lynx at 8. Round 1 of the PGA Travelers Championship at 3 o'clock on Golf Channel and AXS TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports. Oh, a big one today. The Bear is back. The Bear is back, Season 2
1: will premiere on Hulu today Uh, on... Well, I keep wanting to say HBO Max. Well, Max, you're gonna. I have... feel like
0: the bear. So, like you know, I've been watching Shameless because, yes. like, the bear was what told me. I never, I had never watched Shameless, but I was like,
1: you like that guy? Yeah, I and like the so, bear guy.
0: And so, I've been watching Shameless, and now it's frustrating because I didn't realize it was eleven effing seasons of Shameless. So I'm, I'm, I'm seven where, where seasons you? in.
1: Wow, look, that's
0: impressive. Well, I mean, it's I've been watching for a while, and. I don't want to pause, but I want to watch The Bear. Are they did they do the whole season of The Bear or are they doing weekly? Mm, let me see. Let me see. It's Hulu, so I think they're doing weekly, yeah, right? Like we, right. they usually do. They usually thing. do weekly. Okay. All right, then I can do that. I can I can watch I can pause for a second on Shameless to watch an episode of The Bear. All mm. right, go ahead.
1: Um so Downey's, it is called Downey's Dream Car, so Robert Downey Jr is uh just oh, getting people I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just uh, he's, he's trying to make eco his his car collection turn them into eco eco-friendly cars. Sure. Yeah, um, I wish him well. <laughs> I mean, wait, 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 wait. That Peter Crouch film is uh, going to be on Prime Video. Peter Crouch is just a documentary about his career and uh, about you know how freakishly tall he was uh, playing soccer. And uh, otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot. The Blacklist uh, is back on NBC uh, as they uh, were winding down the last couple episodes of this season.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. I know Stan's
1: a Blacklist guy. I
0: I've thing. never watched The Blacklist. Neither have I. Heard is pretty good, though. Okay. Uh, maybe at some point in the future, but I, I don't have room right now. I'm sorry. I've got, a, I've got five more seasons of Shameless to watch because it never ends. How can this show keep going? Thanks today to Lamont Wade. Thanks also to Judd Fabian as well as to Dirk Cutter. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Stan will be in tomorrow. Um, we are going to catch up. Roman Hemby, running yes. back at the University of Maryland. He's hosting an event this weekend in Hartford County. So we'll catch up with him, new Navy baseball head coach. Oh right, Chuck Costano. Yep, who as came from well Florida as State.
1: Take a trip to Delmarva. Trendon Craig.
0: Okay. Yes,
1: having a good having a good June. He was injured.
0: Just okay. Back. Yeah. Stuffing things. Thanks everybody, Press Box. All of our great sponsors and partners, including. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks.